This is the Games Junk Game Club Podcast. My name is Jason Ariel, and joining me today is Richard Balmer. Hey. And first-time guest, Stephanie Kulak. Hello. Did I say Kulak? Kulak. Kulak. God, see, I polished that up a little too much there, I'm, I think. I mean, I am Polish, but... <laughs> I, You know what? I, I am partially Polish myself. My uh, my mother's... My grandmother's maiden name was Ellis, and they changed it to Ellis Island uh, from Eliash. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, this game club, uh, we're not talking about anything Polish related because uh, I think the only video game that really takes place in Poland or anywhere near it, it or you know something similar to it is The Witcher. And Jesus God Almighty, I don't think I have time to ever delve into that game completely. So uh, what we're going to be talking about today is a perennial favorite of the site, and I think just the video game world in general, is The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. This is kind of a landmark video game. This sort of set up the Legend of Zelda series for... I would say nearly the entirety of the 2D ones, if not most of the 3D ones as well. Uh, this game just sort of set the template for every Zelda that has come after it. So, um, it came out originally in Japan in, I think, November of 91. So, I mean, we're talking, geez, what is that? My math is terrible. 17 or 27 years? 17 years? What am I? Come on, guys, help me out with the math here. <laughs> 17 years. It's 27. 27? Almost okay. 27. Okay. Hey, hey. 2018, how could it be 17 years if it came out in the 90s? No, you're right. You're right. See, that's why I said help me out with the math here. So <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> with math. That's why, see, that's why I write. I don't do calculations. So anyway. um let's... too, but my God, I got to tease you for that one. <laughs> no, that's perfectly that was... okay. No, I know. I know. It's, it's perfectly okay. I When uh, when I deserve the fire, I will take it, unfortunately. So, um <laughs> Stephanie, what, since you were berating me there, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Like, where, when did you first come to the Link to the Past? Uh, when it first-ish came out in America. I know I was six years old, so that would be 1992. Um, and it was the very first video game I beat all by myself. Um, I had played other Nintendo and Super Nintendo games as a very, very small child. Uh, with both my parents and my grandparents and my dad and my grandpa and my grandma, they all helped me out with uh, playing through some Mario's and even the original Zelda. Um, <laughs> I never actually beat uh, the Adventure of Link or Link's Adventure, whichever one it is, until it, it came Adventure out on the GBA yeah. forever, forever later. Um, as a kid, I could never get through that one. But anyways... Um, I know we got my grandpa a Super Nintendo for Christmas the year that they came out in America and because my grandpa actually was big into video games too and they would babysit me after school and so I would play and Link to the Past was the one that just completely engrossed me probably more than any other video game that I can recall uh, before like the 90s, uh, before like the early 2000s rather. Um, that game held my interest more than any game for at least a decade. Um, and yeah, I've kind of played through that game more times than I can count now, especially because they keep re-releasing it on GBA, then the virtual console for the Wii, the Wii U, uh, the 3DS, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I buy it every time. I would gladly throw my money at Nintendo for a remake on the Link Between Worlds uh, platform and stick it on the Switch or even the 3DS. I don't care. Just give me 
more opportunity to buy this damn game again. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel the exact same way there. So, um, Rich, how about yourself? Uh, I, I, I know how you came to this, and for me, this is like kind of surprising that you came to it in this manner. But why don't you go ahead and explain it? Uh, yeah, it's um, my family went f- as far as consoles go. Well, no, I wouldn't even say family. Like we had a Nintendo Entertainment System, you know, the original NES. And I remember my cousins had a Super Nintendo and an N64. I don't really remember ever playing anything on a Super Nintendo, though. Um, and then I got a GameCube. So, like, that's my jump. I played, you know, the big ones on the N64. But as far as uh, A Link to the Past goes, that was the GBA remake. Um, I, had, I had just gotten a GBA and the SP, actually, um, when I started playing that one because a friend at school had it. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's even a multiplayer thing, but it's like a remake of the old one. Um, and so I got it and I just, I just played through it. And I remember like going to probably IGN, I would have to say, I know. Um, and like looking up when I needed to hit, uh, hints and stuff because I wanted to get all the heart pieces with Zelda games. I'm a completionist. Like I cannot do a three heart run because I just have to grab the hearts. <laughs> And then I started finding out, like, from looking at the site, I've, you know, people's posts and things like that. It's like, oh, wait, like, I can play this again and do the dungeons in a different order. And that, I want to do that now. And I probably beat it five or six times in the first year I had it. And then I play it at least once or twice a year now. Yeah. How old were you um, when you when you came to it the first time? Oh, that would have been, like, 15, probably 14, 15, somewhere around there. Because this was high school. Okay. So, <laughs> um yeah, like I came to it way later, but it is—it's absolutely my favorite of all the Zelda games because I can come back to it so much. Whereas some others, I've played through it and then I'll pick it up again later and just be like, "Man, I just don't feel like beating it again." <laughs> like it's a good game, but I just don't feel like doing it again. Yeah, I, I tend to feel the same way about that. Um, I I originally got it on the Super Nintendo. My grandmother bought it for me. Um, her. Uh, I, I guess reasoning behind getting me that well I, I had asked for this one but her um I guess my my series interest took took hold when she first picked up the original Legend of Zelda for me with um, the NES she bought us from a coworker and the only reason she picked up this game was because uh, at her uh, like previous employer that she had been with for like 20 something years they would uh, call her over the intercom for something and she would you know they would be like Florence did you hear us page she's like my name's not Florence it's Zelda. And that was basically the only reason <laughs> that she like decided, oh, I'll pick up the Zelda thing just out of just on a complete whim. And that series is kind of uh, really kind of hooked into me over the years, and it, it's been one of my mainstays as far as things I'll just pick up without really needing any sort of uh, review or preview of it. It's like it's a Zelda game; I'm going to pick it up. That's uh, kind of backfired a few times, but. That's neither here nor there. Uh, A Link to the Past is absolutely my favorite Zelda game. It is, uh, we talked about this off air in a uh, chat discussion, depending on what time of the year it is, it is my, it it bounces between this and Tactics Ogre as my favorite video game of all time. Um, (laughs) This, this is easily, I, I can't even think what would be my number two Zelda, like off the top of my head, but this is very clearly and obviously in my head the the number one Zelda game I I played this when I was very young uh, let me see it came out in 91 so I would have been nine years old I, I it is just like or 92 so I know I would have been 10 because yeah, it came out here in 92 so I would have been about 10 years old when I played it and it has just stuck with me over the years I I don't think a year has gone by that I haven't played it through at least once and uh 
speaking on points you guys both t- touched on, it is just, it is such a great game that it doesn't matter how many times I've played it through over the years, I, I don't ever feel like I've gotten tired of this thing. Same here. Yeah, and the, the other funny thing, actually, is because that wasn't my introduction to Zelda. Like, I, I remember we had it. We had the original in a gold cart, even, and a gray cart, for some reason. Um, we had both. Um, and I never beat that one, though, because it's just so weirdly nonlinear, but kind of linear in some ways, like with items you need and stuff. Um, and I remember we had Adventures of Link, but it was so different. I was like, is this Zelda? <laughs> so, but it, so it wasn't my first exposure to it, but it was the first one that I was just like, I have to play this all the way through. And so that's why Wind Waker is one of my first purchases after I got a GameCube. It's because I'm like, Zelda's awesome and I have to have a Zelda game. Yeah, I completely <laughs> understand that. And I think this was probably the first Zelda I beat. I don't recall really if I ever beat the first Zelda. Um, the second one, I know I did not. That game is insanely difficult. It's a little bit more tolerable going back to it these days with uh, save states one of the hardest games ever yeah like i did not beat it until they released it on the gba and i'm pretty sure i threw my gba at the wall a few times too (laughs) and thankfully it's a nintendo product so made of tougher things than most systems exactly it broke the wall (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i watched my brother-in-law play through it when i was visiting him once and he had apparently memorized everything you had to do in links or Adventures of Link. I wanted to say Link's Awakening. That's a completely different game. I just um, want to say Link's Adventure instead of Adventure of Link. And so I'm okay. Never mind. I'm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> Shut up, Stephanie. But yeah, so I watched him beat it, and I'm like, okay, that actually didn't look that bad. I still just kind of don't want to play it though. Like it just looked so crazy. Um, but and well, I mean, and yeah, I guess we can get into a, a, a whole nother discussion for that one. But. Um, it gave us things like the, you know, like downward stab and stuff for that came into later games, but it holds its place in the series. Yeah. Some, some of the elements, stuff like that, some but. of the elements that were, uh, that were introduced in adventure of link it definitely did kind of rear their heads back. Eventually it, that's sort of the thing with the Zelda series. Like it seems like no idea ever goes unused again. They'll always kind of come back to it. Even if they kind of, do something a little differently with it. Um, a Link to the Past, if you like, really think about it, is pretty similar to the original Legend of Zelda. It's just a little bit more streamlined, and it makes more sense. Um, I was reading in an interview uh, that was translated. I think it's uh, yeah. I, I don't know who translated, it, but it's on uh, it's a site called Glitterberry, and I'll put that in the show notes. But the or uh, like Miyamoto's thing about how to approach this game was to leave it vague enough for people to still have to think about it, but not be like entirely like cryptic and you have to figure it out on your own. Like they did in the original legend of Zelda, because he felt like that was maybe a little too obtuse for people and they would bounce off of it and not stick with it and not want to be frustrated with the game. And I think that was a great design decision. And personally, like I think a link to the past, just it's a little hard to look back on it. Like as I originally played it, because you know, having playing it for as long as I have now, I, I practically know that game like the back of my hand. It's just a matter of like it just seems so well put together that it, everything makes sense. Even the more cryptic stuff, like if you really think about it just for a little bit, it's like, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, and the original, like, I think that's probably one thing when I was really little why I never beat it. You know, it's just, oh well, I don't know what the frick to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know? yeah. There's nobody really telling you what to do. Whereas in the Link to the Past, you, you're given you're given a little bit of a hint. It's like, okay, well, hey, you're supposed to go here and take care of this. It doesn't it doesn't really ever put itself out there for you explicitly. Like, okay, you are supposed to do this step and then this step and then this step to get to the next part. It just says, hey, go here and mess around with this area and you'll figure it out. Uh, it, it's a nice. It, I don't know. The way I kind of feel about Nintendo now, like, it definitely, I don't know, it, it seems to have gone back on that a little bit, but, like, in the Wii, Wii U era, it definitely leaned in pretty heavy on not giving you a moment to figure out something on your own. Um, Skyward yeah, Sword. Yeah, Skyward Sword was the uh, sort of breaking point for me with that. I was like, okay, I, I, I couldn't even finish the game because I was so annoyed that every time I took a break and came back, it would have to explain to me what a goddamn ruby was again. <laughs> yeah, and, that. yeah uh, that was that really was annoying and that game itself is annoying so though I, I do like some of the like comics that came out of it it's like um you know fighting all these bokoblins or whatever and it's like hang on guys hang on ah oh, it's a red ruby okay we may continue <laughs> to fight yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> I, what i mean Skyward Sword had promise, but then you just kept playing in the same same three areas over and over and over and over. Hey, see, I never even got that far. I, I think I checked out on the third level or the third dungeon. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. So. Well, then you just go back to the first one, and then they flood it. And then, I think, yeah, it was just, eh. Okay, well, there. It doesn't sound like I'm missing much there, <laughs> thankfully. So um, that, that, that's one of those I don't but... really plan on going back to. Zelda always has good music, so... Yeah, that's definitely something you can give them there. Alright, so getting into the development of this game, um, this this game was definitely one of the longer developed uh, games of its era. It took three years, they did planning, um, like, and I think they ordered experimentation, and then they actually did production for a year, so they kind of split that into the stages. It's kind of cool, like, I saw, I was reading up on some of this stuff, and like, the Dark World, uh, the, you know, the inverted area, or you know, the inver uh, inverted world of the Light World that you start off in, is really just like an overlay of the light world it's kind of this crazy little trick that they did and it ended up taking that there's basically like a uh, or memory space saving trick that they used because this game was originally planned to be four megabits and it ended up being eight this was the i think largest super nintendo cart up to date at that point and granted it came out pretty early in the super nintendo's life because i think super metroid ended up being 16 megabits if i'm remembering right but 
Neither here nor there. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto was the uh, producer on this one. He had a lot to do with the design. Uh, a lot of other big names with Nintendo, if you're familiar with um, uh, Let's see, Takashi Tezuka worked on it. Uh, let's see, Masano Arimoto, Suyoshi Watanabe was the art, or th those two guys were the artists. Uh, and the writer, and the scenario writers for this were Kensuke Tanabe and Yoshiaki Kozumi. Kozumi? Man, uh, this is this is an area where I wish uh, Joe was on. Uh, he his Japanese is a lot stronger than mine. So, and getting onto the what we were just talking about with the music, uh, Koji Kondo actually did the entire sound production for this. He made all the sound effects, and this was the first time he had ever brought forward like themes and sat or songs from previous work. So this was sort of the first time he ever reused work and basically beefed it up for the uh, Super Nintendo. Um, I believe I remember him saying that he found the uh, Super Nintendo's ability like just a lot more freeing. So he's like, oh, I can really kind of lay into like what I wanted to do with the soundtrack. So, And I think it kind of shows uh, a lot of people's like when they go for the Hyrule overworld theme, A Link to the Past is the go-to for a lot of people. I don't know about you guys. This is personally like this is probably one of my favorite Zelda soundtracks. The Dark World is my favorite uh, overworld music from the entire Zelda series. Yeah, that's one that uh, the original theme from the first game and then the Dark World are the two that will like switch in my mind is what I kind of consider the the overworld theme. <laughs> yeah, that Dark World theme is fantastic. I was so happy when Link Between Worlds used that same music and it was like actual music now instead of just little electronic sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would kind of be interested to hear like how they would have approached that on the NES just because the Super Nintendo was a lot more capable and had the uh, you know the sampling abilities so they could you know I guess reasonably simulate a orchestra as best as they could with that I mean it's it, the soundtrack is no ActRaiser soundtrack I think uh, ActRaiser soundtrack is uh, really something special if you go back especially for the era i mean if you go back and listen to that there is so much going on with that soundtrack but that is neither here nor there so this game originally came out of the super nintendo as we mentioned and then in 2002 it man here, here's an odd little fact that actually came out first on that the right. on uh on the game boy advance in north america uh came out december 2nd 2002 and then in japan march 14th 2003 it's hmm. a little strange would have would, would not have guessed that so no. If you really want to go into the uh, like <laughs> the oddity, I guess that is the Zelda timeline. This is the first game in the split timeline where I uh, where Link is defeated. I don't want to talk about that timeline. Yeah, I, no, I don't want to talk about the timeline at all. I don't even know why I brought it up. Honestly, I I, I, I hate that timeline. <laughs> I hate the idea of a Zelda timeline to begin with. I, 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 I was so upset when that got put in the Hyrule Historia. I was actually looking over my copy, one of my copies of Hyrule Historia before we started recording. I was just like, why, who, why did this have to happen? I, Richard, I don't remember if it was on the Breath of the Wild podcast we did last year. Um, I, I think I just, like, guessed that it, this was some intern's, like, theory that they came up with over the course of a weekend when they were finally like, hey, you know, we should probably figure out, like, how this goes because people are starting to get mad that these things are starting to seem inconsistent with each other. Yeah, and it... It just doesn't matter, really. I think they probably only did it because there were people that were just, like, arguing about it so much. And they're like, okay, well, now let's just, we're going to say this is what it is. And then no one will argue anymore because that's how the internet works. <laughs> it's like, just... about, about, um, 
Breath of the Wild, though, is it references stuff from every timeline that it should not be able to reference at yeah. all. Yeah. That just fuck you to the Hyrule Historia uh, <laughs> timeline, and I hope that your podcast is not, like, G-rated or Oh, anything. God. Jesus, God oh. almighty, no. It's not. <laughs> um... <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't know if this is true, but I remember hearing soon after uh, they released the Hyrule Historia that Nintendo did say something about you know this is one interpretation; it's not necessarily the actual timeline. I'm like, why the fuck did you publish it then? Or just... mm-hmm. actually, if you go in the most recent uh, book, I believe it is. Let me look at it. Yeah, it's the uh, encyclopedia that just came out like a month ago or a few weeks ago. Um, it actually says that in a uh, in a note, like uh, on the bottom of the page, like this timeline can be uh, is basically in flux at all times. You can kind of interpret it as 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 you want, or as the developer uh, needs to adjust it. I'm like, oh my god! So basically, this thing is bullshit. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. Yeah, and like, there's a couple that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It just makes me so upset that they published that because you knew that any future Zelda game, they weren't going to take that into consideration when they were deciding on that game. It was just what one person thought worked for them at that particular time. And I hate that the link, a link to the past is not listed as one of the final ones because the game ends with it saying, and the Master Sword sleeps again. Forever. <laughs> I'm a little passionate here. It should not be one of the first first games in a timeline unless the next games do not include the Master Sword. Yeah. And in which case, it just turns out it's a dream. Does um does the Game Boy Advance version end with that? I'm wondering because that could have gotten retconned. Yeah. I guess maybe. I think it did. Okay. It's it's been a little while since I beat it, so I don't remember for sure on there. But that, that's usually how I play it too, is because it's just easiest on a handheld. Versus, like, trying to take up a TV. New I new mean, 3DS, buddy. New 3DS. That's the way to go. You don't have to worry about hearing Link, ha, 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 every time he swings his sword. Oh, yeah. That's right. Although, like, maybe because I only played it, like, I first played it that way, that didn't really bother me as much. And a lot of the newer games, you know, have that stuff. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember some, some people did absolutely hate the, every single time you swung the sword. <laughs> yeah, it is a little obnoxious, so. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and move on from there, and let's talk about the walkthrough of this thing. Um, actually, you know, hitting the actual playing portion of this game. Um, so you start off this game with getting a telepathic me- message from Zelda. Um, your uncle wakes up too, out of, which is kind of funny. He sleeps in the chair, so I, I always like to envision that he was like passed out <laughs> drunk at the table. <laughs> and that, that's why he fails. Mm-hmm. New headcanon accepted. All right, good. I'm glad, I'm glad I could put that in somebody's head there. Yeah, I always yeah. just was like, oh, gee, I wonder if he was like my dad, just passed out drunk. Oh, I, I may have got a little too real there. Sorry, guys. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, and I, I really like this scene because it brings the rain effects that you only see once. Um, yeah. yeah, one other time in this game, and it's you know you know three quarters of the way through the damn thing, but you can go talk to the soldiers and they actually treat you like, um, you know, like a person and not you know I mean yeah it, it's just this thing of like the soldiers are people and it kind of like really puts a weird thing into it like you know thirty seconds later when you get your sword and you start just slaughtering these people left for, left and right. So the other thing too is uh, your uncle goes down go, and it's never really explained what happens to him or what kills him. Um, I always like to think that he fell down and broke his legs and just bled out basically. Well, except he's, he's not dead. No, no, he is. At the, he, is. he does at die. At the very end. No, because at the very end, he's back. No. Yeah, at the very end, he's back with you. Oh yeah. But remember, like, every, but, but remember the, uh, the boy that turns into a flute or, tur- you know, the flute boy turns into a tree and he's back too. Link, uh, or basically wishes that everything is undone that was done by so. Yeah. so what you're saying is there's a split timeline because oh jesus there's the shut one up where shut up, shut up. <laughs> stop and not, see, I, that's how it ends up being the first in the timeline because oh. the timeline where he uh, yeah shut up richard <laughs> there's another timeline where rich or uh where uh, link jumps down uh sprains his ankle and then dies gets killed by the first soldier that he comes across with the little pokey daggers instead of the swords the little green soldier right by the uh, treasure chest. Yeah, yep. Yeah, those two guys there that I always wonder, like, why do they give those guys like daggers and the rest of them have sold or have uh, actual like, you know, swords? It's like, what the, what the hell is wrong? Oh, God, it's like you've got enough weapons. Surely you can. Nope. All you can give them is a dagger. The poor bastards. They don't stand a chance. I guess they thought they'd only be handling rats down in the sewers. That's true. They're just there on rat killing duty or they're just really bad soldiers and they're just hungry. Well. Well, they, they still don't like them because you should give them a sword because that way they don't have to, like, bend over to, and, like, hurt their back stabbing the rats. So it's like they just really don't like those guys. In that big bulky <laughs> uh, armor they all wear. Yeah, yeah I would imagine they would just fall over if they try to bend down. I mean, it's like there's sort of that help I fall on and I can't get up thing. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, wow, I just had a realization. Like, isn't it funny how you don't notice things? The, the guys get progressively harder from green to blue to red. And that's the how your armor goes as well. Yeah, green to blue. I don't know how I never connected that before, but hey, hey, there's the gold armor too that you never, so that you only see a. Do you only see the gold armor in the um, in the in the castle? Now I'm thinking about it. Like once you go to once you get the mask. I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, but I think you only see that there. And then the uh, the ball and chain soldier, which we'll get to here in a second. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So you get the sword from your uncle after he dies. Um, and tells you Zelda is your, and then passes or and dies. Um, I don't think he does that in the Game Boy Advance version, though. I think he says something else. I can't remember what, but yeah, yeah they updated that text in the uh, more recent I, versions of it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm actually more of a fan of the original translation and localization of it than I am of the Game Boy Advance one. I try to I don't know. It, yeah. it seems a little bit more I don't want to say flowery. I suppose in the in the original text, but it's it just a personal preference for me. I. I you basically get the same story out of it. Although I did envision at the like opening sequence, it does say something to the effect of um, people got greedy and started like wanting to go into the dark world to, or, you know, the golden land to go get the Triforce. And then the, that opening like cinematic thing that they have where it shows people fighting. I always pictured it was the forces of evil coming out of the dark world, trying to take over. And it was the, like, you know, the, the Hylian Knights holding them at bay and instead you find out it's just a bunch of assholes fighting to get into the golden land to get the Triforce. It's like, oh, okay, well, that, that's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I prefer, I prefer the way I interpret it as a kid better than what you're laying out for me. So thanks for ruining that moment for me. But 
Anyway, um, so as you, you go through the dungeon um, to get, get Zelda, and this is like one of my favorite little things here with the soldiers that are there where there's like no guardrail on the, uh, you know, the endless pit or pit of death <laughs> there that if you just poke them or hit them with a pot and they go flying down, they do this like little like and just fall to their death with this like like terrified look in their eyes. It's a, it's an animation they don't really use ever again outside of this area. And I do, I don't know why I like it so much. It just, I don't want to say cute, but I, I think it's kind of cute. <laughs> I mean, it's probably bad that I'm getting such joy. They know that I get such enjoyment and joy out of these poor soldiers, like falling to their death after they're sitting there, like scraping their feet, trying to not fall down. But it's like, hey, it's kind That's of a kind of nifty little animation. Wow. Their, their deaths are cute. <laughs> They're adorable. Come on, you can't deny that. So, mm-hmm. um, another little thing, I I never, I, I I don't know if I would have ever tried it, um, but the I think it's like the third screen into this uh, thing where there's the two green soldiers and the, I don't know what you would call those, like the little like barrier things. If you tap your sword on them, and I probably did this accidentally, like if you tap your sword on it, the soldiers will come and actually. Like, look for you if they don't see you. If they don't see you, they're not going to come after you. But if they hear you make a noise like that, they'll come after you. So it's a nifty little thing of sound design that I had no idea. Like, I, I didn't really pay attention to it the first, like, probably dozen times I played it. It probably wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I caught it. I was like, oh, whoa, I didn't know it did that. So, And there's also this weird thing that I read that um, the, the stronger the soldier is, the less likely they are to be able to navigate through or around walls. The green soldiers will run around the walls basically to get you. Whereas the blue soldiers are a little less likely. the red soldiers will just plow straight into a wall and keep trying to come at you through the wall, basically. Huh? I don't know if I ever really paid attention to that. I'll, I'll be looking for that next time I play through. Yeah. It's, it's kind of <laughs> weird. Go ahead, Stephanie. I said I was going to be looking for that, too. So the stronger the soldier, the dumber they are. Basically, yeah, kind of leading that uh, the big galoot sort of uh, thing, you know, all brains, no brawn. So and then the vice versa for the it's, it's this weird little thing that like it's it's amazing to me that, you know, as many times I play this game, I can still learn something new about this game by, you know, reading up on some of the development of it. It's like, oh, well, wow, that's fascinating. So when I went through and played it, I was like, oh. Oh wow! They okay. It's it's not incredibly noticeable, but once you realize it's there, it's like oh wow. Okay, it they they are doing that. That's interesting. So uh, you go down the dungeon and then you find a ball and chain trooper, and this is the one and only time I believe you'll see this pixel of it. I think they they have them later, but they're in gold armor. This one's in black armor. So this is like the only time you'll ever see this colorization of this of this character sprite. So. Uh, it's it can take quite a bit of damage, but thankfully you have the boomerang, so you can just uh, whack it with a boomerang, go pick up a pot, throw it, or use the sword if you really want to sit there and take forever with it. But it's not really much of a threat. Uh, you get Zelda. Zelda gives you a long, uh, you know, narration expository dump, and you kind of sit there and just like, yep, 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 yep. Thanks, Zelda. Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We got to get out of here. Can you stop talking? We have to leave. It's like yeah, I, I think this is one of the last games where they had the like you could just spam the button and it wouldn't restart the conversation at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, you can because just... they switch that in later games and you're yeah. like, Arr. do you understand? <laughs> no, but uh, uh, oh come on, no 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 no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Stop. So yeah, they were thinking kind of cool about that. <laughs> like you get to the throne room and for some reason I was a kid like I. I think I accidentally like hit the uh, hit the curtains there and realized that like oh the curtains get kind of pushed back if you hit it with your sword that's that's a nifty little thing and you know that'll come into play later but it was something like oh that's a strange little thing so um, 
you push you push the uh, big block thing out. I don't know what the hell is that thing from behind the. Just, just an these... ornate piece of art or something. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, whatever it is, you push it out of the way with Zelda's help. Um, you go into the sewers. Uh, poor Zelda's dress is probably disgusting at the end of this because it's dragging on the ground through sewers with a bunch of rats in them. A nice little thing about some of the like I guess design choices in this game that I think it telegraphs very well that there's going to be reasons to backtrack in this game as you're going through here you will see areas where there's like cracks in the wall but you can't do anything to them just yet because you don't have any bombs i think it, i think that does a nice way of telegraphing that hey you know once you get some bombs you can come back here and get something out of this yeah. so or the boots as well actually which is kind of neat um if it's the right kind of crack in the wall like the one that's kind of circular yeah like it, a circle around it it almost kind of looks like a skull if you kind of look at it at a weird angle but the bigger, basically, the bigger, yeah. the bigger, like, the bigger cracks can be destroyed with the Pegasus boots if you dash into it, and the smaller ones need need a bomb. So, but it's a nice little way of telegraphing that that there's always stuff to be looking for, so you keep an eye on it. Um, the other thing too I really like is the uh, when you go to pull the uh, pull the switch to open up the sanctuary, the absolute like just like wrong noise it makes to let you know you're wrong just and then just snakes fall out of the sky like oh shit oh shit oh shit i I can imagine being a link in that scenario and just being like oh okay i'll just go ahead and pull this one see what oh my god there's snakes falling out of the sky what the hell (laughs) so you go into the uh yeah you go into the sanctuary find out you need to get the master sword but you need to go talk to yeah there we go yeah i i think we're i think we're i'm gonna mush my way through that every time we mention him so it sends you to kakariko village uh you go talk to his wife who tells you where to go and then kakariko village there's a nice a bunch of like nice little things um that kind of don't really appear in the game again. You can talk to some of the characters and they'll give you, or some of the villagers and they'll give you some exposition on like what's going on. Um, you've get some hints as to like the, like how bad the world it seems to be going. Um, you know, the kid that's sick f- from the uh, evil rolling off death mountain. And he gives you the bug catching net. Um, the poor guy that's, uh, you know, drunk on uh, lawn lawn milk, I would guess <laughs> <laughs> talking about his son that he can't find or whatever. Um, and then he even mentions the, uh, like, when you go in the the house next to yeah, next to his house, it mentions the the thief, blind the thief, that, uh, you know, will come into play later. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of setup in this stage, or in this area, and I really like it. And there's also some villagers that are dirty rats and call the cops on you when you show up. Yeah. <laughs> All you're doing is minding your own business. Um which it is it's an interesting thing though because most i don't think most games especially back then at least um didn't have stuff like that it's like oh you're supposed to talk to everybody to get as much info as you can about like where to go and stuff mm-hmm. and whereas that's one where okay never mind don't talk to those two people in town yeah yeah they're <laughs> just they're a bunch gonna, of jerks bunch there's of, just someone to do to attack you yeah a bunch of narcs <laughs> So then you go make your way to the Eastern Palace to go see um, yeah. And Oh, and actually, that's another another little thing is, because um, I mentioned sequence breaking before, if you've played it before and you don't feel like going to the town or like grabbing some rupees out of the houses, things like that, you can just go straight. Yeah. You can actually just go straight to the palace. Like, you don't even have to talk to... His wife, yeah. Uh, or you don't or you don't have to talk to him either. I actually just skipped going to him because I'm like, all he's going to do is tell me to go there. <laughs> so I skipped talking to him. And then yeah, after you beat it, talk to him. I'm trying to skip that stuff because I'm just like this. This is a whole experience. 
Yeah, well, it looks, it's only after multiple playthroughs that I got to the point of, like, I think I just kind of went straight there because I'm like, all right, let me just go to the dungeon. And then I beat it, and I was like, oh, I forgot to talk to him. And then I just, you know. There were times where I literally finished the game and immediately started playing a new game of it. <laughs> I, I can't say I blame you. You know, that is one thing I wish this game had was a new game plus sort of thing or like a harder mode, like, like you know, second quest like they did in the original Legend of Zelda. But um, I think the, the, the reason why they couldn't do that is just this cart was so crammed as it was, they couldn't fit anything else onto it. So so the reason why like I go to Kakariko every time is, it like, like you said, Stephanie, it's part of the game, but it's also a nice place to pick up a heart piece because there's four heart pieces kind of like right around that area. So before you even go to the first dungeon, you can have five heart pieces. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that's a nice help. Um, and then there's also, let me see, if you go into the Lost Woods, there's the magic powder, or there's a mushroom that you can turn into the magic powder, which really helps because those stupid little skulls with the little flames or whatever they are floating around them, you can turn those into fairies or a great little healing item. Uh, you can get a couple of bottles in the process too of this. Uh, and you can also get the ice wand if you want to this early in the game, which is a, not a huge help because it sucks up so much of your magic meter at this point or the, you know, this, this early in the game, but you know, it's nice to know that it's there, I guess. <laughs> but the only thing is it doesn't really ever telegraph that ice. I, maybe it's just because I've gotten so used to it, but do you guys remember like any hints at all that the ice rod is over there because eventually you do need that thing but it seems like they should um, telegraph a little bit better where that thing is there's oh i can't remember where they are but there's some like random person or two that do say something about like a treasure in the cave to the east or something like that or on the east side of the lake oh, okay um because i know I've, i have talked to everybody at some point in time in the game but i just can't remember exactly who it is that tells you that Okay, so somebody says that, but yeah, I think it's like one of the like maybe only instances I can think of where it doesn't really telegraph that. Like, hey, you should probably go get this ice rod thing because yeah, yeah. If you ever get to that dungeon and not that you need it in and don't have it, well, you're just screwed. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> yeah, and I think it. Um, I think it actually might be one of the thieves, like in a in a cave somewhere. Uh, I think okay, that says something. I'm pretty sure you're right. I just can't remember which one. One of the ones who's like, hey, this conversation never happened but yeah it's like yeah look i'll tell you something but just keep your mouth shut about where you heard it from okay don't be a narc like the people in town yeah <laughs> let's see and then you know there's also like in kakariko there's also this like odd little thing like I, I don't even remember what really made me try it but if you pull on some of the uh the paintings you'll get but you'll get some rupees that'll fly out of it yep i don't remember what made me do that too it was just, I, I think maybe it's like when you bomb the wall in uh, to let the, like the two brothers reunite so you can get to the, uh, you know, the, the little like obstacle course thing. I think yeah. it made me start thinking like, you know, I wonder if you can interact with some of the other stuff in the village. And I start going around and trying. And then, you know, you, you get this game when you're young and it's the only game you have for a while. It kind of, you know, begs experimentation at that point. So it's like, well, I've got to bleed this game out for as long as I possibly can. So I might as well take advantage of that. <laughs> you just try to grab like every wall basically or every little thing and eventually you get that because yeah. I, I think i remember doing that too but i don't think it's a whole lot so i never really do that a whole you know every time or anything yeah i think it's like 20 rupees i think it spits out um four blue rubies when it does it so it's really not not that big a deal but anyway um so so we go to the eastern palace and the the treasure for this one is the bow and arrow which you know i i, I understand is incredibly strong i just never use it I don't know about you guys. Like, how often do you guys find yourself 
kind of using the bow and arrow just mm-hmm. on a regular basis. When there's a puzzle that requires it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm um, trying to think. I think boomerang is probably one of the things I keep on that I keep equipped most of the time. Yeah. And then once I get the hook shot, because you can like those stupid floating jelly pieces of crap, you can kill them yep. with it. <laughs> For me, it typically goes boomerang <clears throat> and hook shot. And uh, I think the only monster I consistently use the bow and arrow on are the ones who you need to use it on, the giant cyclopses. Yeah. And even you can kill with the sword, I believe. It's just more difficult. Or bombs or something. I, I, think, yeah, you can throw, uh, I think you can throw pots at them, too. Yeah, you can. Uh, that's how I, I, I usually try to kill them. Bow and arrow, if I recall correctly. <laughs> mm, it, it depends on your play style, I'd say, because I know I'll... I'll sometimes pick up a pot, walk close to them, and then just kill them with it. Um, though I think there's some rooms where there isn't a pot, so... And those rats in the dark world that, like, mimic your... Oh, yeah, those, like, rat people goblin-looking thingies. Yeah. I thought they always, always look kind of, like, elephantish to me. Hmm. But, I'm yeah, I think I know which ones you're talking about. Like, yeah. they, they spit fire at you when you look at them. Yeah. Yeah the, the red, red one does. yeah, the red one spits fire, then the green blue one man i don't remember <laughs> but yeah they yeah. they just yeah they just walk the opposite direction of you so it yeah that that was like something i had an issue with the first time i came across it i'm like what am i supposed to be i'm like oh i get it now okay but anyway um and the boss of this one it, I, I don't know like I, I i remember liking it at the time and being like kind of like overwhelmed by it but you know coming back to it after playing this thing you know a couple of dozen times it's like oh this boss isn't really that difficult especially when you figure out the trick of if you really want to make it easy, just shoot two arrows at each one of them and then just take them out one by one. And this way, when the last one goes ballistic for killing all of his friends uh, and starts just trying to butt stomp you constantly, um, it doesn't take as many arrows to kill it. That's the same mentality I have when I go in there. <laughs> I think I actually killed that last one with the sword. Oh, really? Good good luck with that one. Yeah. I've always... Uh, I think I, I think I remember going through it as a kid and missing with my arrows a bunch and uh, running out of arrows in that fight and sitting there just having to go with the sword. And I'm like, oh, my God, this t- fight is terrible and awful. And, oh, God, it's, I'm just going to run out of hell. Yeah, yeah. But so you beat those you beat those guys. And I guess like the boss fight there was kind of uh, I guess it was a good introduction to, to the boss fights, uh, giving you some indication. Like if this is your first Zelda game, that the treasure that you get in the dungeon, you're supposed to use on the boss of that dungeon, or at least don't no, have to, but it, it certainly does make things a little bit easier. So, yeah. like when you get the armor, you just let them attack you a bunch and then they die. <laughs> don't use that advice. <laughs> no, well, the power glove, you sit there and try to pick out those sandworms, but yeah. uh, well, we're getting to it that. actually would have been interesting if you did, if you could like grab them and pull them out of the dirt to beat the crap out of them. Yeah. If there was something to that, that's probably, a little bit too complicated to program, I would guess, back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, this this poor game, I mean, this, this thing is just sucking up the entirety of this cart and, you know, really pushing it to the limits. I mean, they, they compressed the hell out of the sound trying to get it on there, and it still took up one of the seven megabits, or one of the eight megabits of this cartridge, so. Anyway, so you go back and go see Sahara and go get the Pegasus boots, which, um, sort of a... Uh, odd name for something that lets you run faster doesn't actually let you fly so <laughs> and then and then you loot his uh you steal all of his stuff <laughs> from the room behind him oh yeah well i did that before so um yeah because i go in before that so um and the only reason i 
that I can think of. Um, maybe you guys can think off the top of your head um, of another point you need this, but the only reason you really need the boots is to get the book off the top shelf in the library in Kakariko. Plus, I'm an, I'm an impatient bitch, and I want to just run through all of Hyrule and charge <laughs> guards and stun them and just be out of their way before they can even realize I'm um, there. No, there's... Um... There's at least one or two keys that you have to use the use the uh, charge thing to get to. Oh, I think okay. there's one in like the castle, yeah, there going up the tower, and then like another one I want to say in the uh, like Ganon's tower. At, at least those two, maybe a, another one or two after besides that. But yeah, there's a couple of them. Once you get the Book of Medora, uh, I believe that's how you say it. That's how I've always said it. So Book of but- Madra. Yeah, <laughs> sounds better than Shashasha. At least it looks like it's pronounceable, whereas like I see like Sahasa. Forget it, Jesus Christ! That name looks like it belongs in Metal Gear. I'm pretty sure I always end up reading it as Sahara, even though I know it's not Sahara. <laughs> it's like there's an L in there. There's another S. It's like ah, you know what? It's close enough. Who cares? <laughs> I think I think if I was I think I remember when as a kid I said like Saharshala or something like that. I don't remember. I, I think it's just the H before the L is what's throwing you off because it looks totally pronounceable to me <laughs> if you just like ignore that. I, I think coming at this game as a, as a younger uh, person than than you were when you got to it, I think uh, Stephanie and I just sort of have this like maybe mental block in it, like just like it's a <laughs> oh Jesus God, that's like twelve letters. Are you serious? That's a very likely thing that we were just little kids and we're like, what the fuck is this word? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I recognize that as a word and a name, and every time I see it, I will just put it together in my head that that's what I'm supposed to, or who I'm supposed to be talking to, or who is talking to me. It's Okay, hey, Mr. Mage Dude, or Sage Dude. It's like, hey, old guy, how you doing? You're here to give me a hint, okay. Yeah. Be like, hey, look, okay, you believe I'm the legendary hero, uh, just... Just tell me. I'm not going to introduce myself or try to get your name or tell you, like, hey, Sahar, or just, just, hey, you. So, hey, you with beard. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you old guy that can talk to me uh, telepathically occasionally and then gives me boots to run faster that are misnamed. Uh, just how about you give me some advice now? So, anyway, uh, you get to the second dungeon, which um, you, it's kind of like, kind of a weird little sequence that I don't. I, if I'm remembering right, there's another like sprite that they never use again. Um, you use the Book of Medora to read the, or you know, translate the text there, and Link takes off his hat, bends down on one knee, and prays, and like it looks like he makes the sign of the cross. Does kind of look like that. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I ever noticed that. I'll have to look a little closer next time. But... I, 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 I do wonder like how much of some of this stuff gets changed in the Game Boy Advance version. Maybe like I. I Kind of wish I had gone through and played the Game Boy Advance version again, but I wanted to play the you know the original Super Nintendo one because that's sort of the one where I think most people are familiar with. So, but yeah, just this 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 little like it sounds like the Sanctuary music, which I'm not a particular fan of. Just this do 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 do.
And yeah, like mm. I said, it's weird. Link like kneels down, looks at the camera, or well, you know, looks at the sky up to the goddesses and takes his hat off and prays. It's really weird. So, or you know what? I wonder if maybe it's a three motion thing and he makes it, it's like a Triforce thing. That's probably more likely. Yeah, it just as it a kid. Reminiscent of, well, I mean, I went to Catholic school, so I was very familiar with doing that. The sign of the cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I went to Catholic school. Was made to go to church every weekend. So yeah, it, it just, it, I, I think if you have that upbringing where you make, where you make that, you know, sign a lot, it sort of you just interpret it as your head is like that's what he's doing. It's like oh okay. Now I, I think it, I think I just realized that like oh I bet you he's making like a triangle thing like for the Triforce basically or the three goddesses. It's like oh that makes sense. That makes more sense than okay. than, than him making making a uh, you know a religious uh, thing that, from from our world. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, Christianity was in Hyrule along with the goddesses. <laughs> So does that mean? Uh, let's see. So God would be what? Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, power. Uh, uh, Jesus would be courage, and then the Holy Spirit would be wisdom, maybe. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, that that fits pretty well. With, um, I think with my upbringing. <laughs> you know what I, I? I I think I just broke. I think I just broke. Uh, broke this whole thing wide open there. Oh Jesus. Okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel yeah, a little uncomfortable as to what just happened there. You put an eyeball in the middle of the Triforce, then you know, like the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. This all works out to Half Life Three confirmed. Yeah. Well, you know the the dollar the one dollar bill has Triforces on it, right? Like all of the E's. So anyway, we're on the second dungeon here. Come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Let's move on here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, conspiracy actually, theory. Uh, looking at the walkthrough here, it looks like you actually use the little char- dash thing to knock a key off of a pedestal right in this dungeon, actually. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm seeing that there. So there we go. So there. It comes in handy one other time, I think, for you. or Like being a necessity. A couple of times to get some keys. Yeah, there you go. Or save yourself a bomb by busting through a wall or... Uh, oh, oh, you know what? To get through, uh, or to open up a couple of the, uh, the the headstones at the cemetery, you have to use the dash. So I feel oh, yeah. really ashamed that I never knew you could run into those walls. You didn't know that, really? I always just bombed them. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. We just saved you a little bit there. <laughs> we I saved you a bomb your next playthrough. Trying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I think that's actually how I get bombs a little earlier than I think you're supposed to, because I don't think you get any going through that first dungeon. But then once you have the boots, you can go into the cave that you went through with, or the tunnels that you went through with Zelda, and get the bombs from there. I well, think. if you um, if you follow the path you're supposed to go, and you go to Kakariko um, and get a couple of hard pieces, uh, the the well on the far west side of the map uh, or the village, you jump down and there's three bombs it gives you. Yeah, you can oh, get bombs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I just took a different path normally. Yeah. Like, even in the beginning, I think I remember getting the boots before bombs. Okay. But, yeah, I think I do get the bombs from getting that heart piece nowadays. Yep. And then if you go down to the little, like, uh, abandoned hut that's sort of boarded up and you just bomb bomb that there, it will, you can lift up some pots there and get some more bombs, too. So, you can get yourself full of bombs and arrows there. I usually just keep entering and leaving, entering and leaving until I'm maxed out. Yep, that's exactly what I do, too. So <clears throat> we're on the same boat there. See, see, it, it's kind yeah. of funny, like, you know, how differently you can approach this game. And yet, oh, you know, a lot of us kind of follow the same, like, habits. Like, oh, hey, this is a good spot for this. So 
this dungeon also introduces uh, one of my least favorite things, the uh, statue spinning eyeball laser eye thing. Bemos. Keep throughout all of Zelda. I hate those bastards. I really hate them. They annoy the hell out of me. Yeah, you know, one thing I like about Hyrule Warriors is that you can kill those pieces of crap. I know. <laughs> that would probably I'm be like, ah, I Hyrule finally Warriors. killed the Beemos. <laughs> this is for all the times you killed me in A Link to the Past. <laughs> yeah, man, those things really are just like, annoying. Smart. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I don't know. And what really annoys me is you can't even use the mirror shield once you get it to block that, so... Like, great thanks that this thing is useful for one thing cool anyway um so the the item that you get here is the power glove will let you lift uh rocks now so link can now uh now lift up heavy rocks uh one thing i did notice because i did t uh pop in the Not game the boy advance version just to check it out um one of the soldiers asks link how much he can lift when you're um you know if you go and talk to the soldiers in the rain he asks him how much he can lift, basically, because he explains, like, how you lift stuff and, like, how much can you lift? And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, if you'd only known, like, what was going to come out of that, like, 15 years later with how much could you lift, bro? Yeah, I was just sitting here scratching my head about that, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, man. Nintendo, sometimes so far ahead of the, so far ahead of the times, they have no idea what they did. So, um, this, I think this is the first dungeon that also introduces the, uh, you have to wait for the floating tiles to come and attack you, basically, for to clear mm -hmm. out. Oh, God, that's another one. But the thing I do like about this dungeon that it does introduce is... The torches. Yeah, the torch puzzles. So I, I do like that they introduce them here, and I think those are kind of like nifty little things. Uh, later on, there's one that you know goes across multiple screens, but they don't... Yeah, I, God, I'm thinking that's like the fifth one there. So Well, but they, they did have them in the sewer, and you could light them to be able to you know illuminate the area a little bit with each mm -hmm. one you lit. And I believe there was at least was one room that let you do that. So it was something like they introduced it early to be like, oh, hey, like there's these things that you can light. And but then they come into play later. Yeah. It's, you know, some of those things that they had in there, like, you know, the cracks in the wall where it's just like, oh, hey, I wonder what that is. And then, you know, you can figure it out later on. But whereas later games were like, oh, by the way, like, see that big old crack in the wall over there? You can use a bomb on it. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, and it's like there's no discovery of that kind of stuff or you know it's like oh hey there's like hey look there's a thing and then you're like oh i wonder what that thing is and then you can eventually do something with it it's just force everything's force fed and that's probably one of the reasons that breath of the wild was such a refreshing <laughs> game in a lot of ways is because almost nothing was explained yeah you know, yeah it's like hey whereas the use bombs yeah whereas like, like uh, okay. some of the other games is basically just navi hopped up on meth trying to explain everything to you so but anyway um so this dungeon leads you to oh god uh let's see a landmola i guess it's basically this gigantic worm that like flies out of the dirt to, to attack you um and then when it does that it shoots the there's three of them that will pop out when they pop out it'll shoot uh like dirt clods i guess is the best way i could put it um, yeah. Diagonal. And then when there's only one left, it will also do the uh, the four cardinal directions, basically, on top of the diagonal. So you sort of have to adjust your trajectory for attacking them. These are a little bit tougher than um, than the Armos Knights are because there's no real way of uh, keeping track of, like, how you hit them or how many times you hit them or whatever, like like the Armos Knights had. So it's like, eh, this is... Or even which one you've hit. Yeah, yeah. Because you can, you can delay um, their... 
entrance back into the dirt by attacking them. So there's no like real discernible like pattern. If you pay like incredibly close attention to it, you probably could figure it out, but it's kind of a pain in the ass and it's just easier just to beat the shit out of them and just get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> so this so that leads you to the um that or yeah, that gets you the second pendant and that gets you over to the Tower of Hera next. Uh from there though, normally this is where I go and get the Zora flippers, uh which Yeah. Yeah. Leads to one of my favorite scenes in this game, where once you get the Zora flippers and you go down to, um, uh, yeah, like Hylia, uh, if you go under the bridge, there is a hobo who is asleep and gives you a gives you a bottle. I don't know why that happens, but or being drunk. <laughs> this homeless guy, I, I I can only imagine that he was hopefully <laughs> using this to drink out of, and not that was his piss bottle. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, because he gives you an empty bottle, and so I think he he finished off his lawn lawn milk, and he's like, hey, here's a bottle, go get me some lawn lawn milk, and you're like, all right, mine. Yeah, and he's like, hey, I know you're in a heap of trouble, but take this, and passes out, and he mumbles to himself as you're holding it over your head, and get me some more booze, because daddy needs a taste. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I usually go do that at this point as well, because um, I'll usually have enough money, and, you know, it caps out at 999, so it's like, might as well just spend it, because... yep. You know, I'll buy potions, but I don't really need them that much. And you only get blue, because red and green are sucky. Yeah. <laughs> there's a... I mean, if you really want to save money, um, there's a, one of the later dungeons. I'll, I'll keep a green potion there, just to kind of keep it on hand. But, I mean, for the most part, I really don't ever feel the need to use any of them anyway. I remember the last time I bought and used a potion in A Link to the Past. I yeah. mean, all of my recent playthroughs are zero deaths, so... <laughs> Yeah, I just yep. put that up on Twitter that I when I finished it last night, I was like, oh, okay, zero, 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 zero. Like, okay, great. That, that was always the thing that bothered me um, is that you can't just save it. You have, or if you save it and quit, you it counts as a death, basically. It doesn't. Yeah, what? I don't know in the Game Boy Advance version, but if you save and quit, it counts as a death. Huh? It doesn't. It does not count as a death in the Game Boy Advance version. That's for sure. Yeah, I thought. It, I always thought it was a little weird that you could do that, or that you do wow. that in the Super Nintendo version. Quit the game. You just go save and quit, and it will start you back off in. Um, I believe it just links how. I think there's three spots you can start off of in the light world, but if you yeah. save and quit, it will it will count as a because it's not a death. It is a times played. See, oh yeah, they feel like changed the counter. I still beat the game on the NES with a zero death count. And mm. I've definitely turned it off and saved and quit. Hmm. I'm going to have to double check that because I, I swear I did that, but maybe I'm wrong. So I am, I, am, I am entirely willing to admit I could be wrong on that. So, But anyway, you get the Zora Flippers here. Uh, oh, yeah. And I forgot the pieces. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite things here, this, this turns uh, the boomerang into which... It becomes like my go-to uh, secondary thing for the rest of the game is the, the magical boomerang or the magic boomerang. Oh yeah, that thing's nice. Yeah, I enjoy the hell out of it. And then you get the shield that you basically will use until you get the mirror shield for the through the rest of the game. There, so the fire shield or the red shield or whatever the hell they call it, but basically it'll block fireballs now. So you actually have a shield that will do something at this point. So. <laughs> Uh, you can also go and upgrade your bomb and arrow capacity if you have a ton of rupees to spend to 50 and 70. And I think that's really about it. Um, you end up 
going up to Death Mountain, you meet an old man who starts rambling at you, tells you, like, oh, be careful, don't don't get lost here, da 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 And, you know, I remember, like, the first time playing this, like, I was like, oh, man, where am I supposed to be going through this? And now it's just like, oh, God, it's like, will you stop talking to me? I know where I'm supposed to be going. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's actually a really simple path too. Like if yeah. you if you follow the rules for mazes and just keep going right at every turn, like you can actually you get there. Yeah, it's nothing terribly complicated. Um, so then you go up to the top of Death Mountain. Uh, you find the you find your first uh, portal to the Dark World, and Link turns into a pink-haired bunny. So cute. Oh, it's adorable. Which might explain why Link has pink hair, maybe? I don't know. I just think it's adorable. I think that might have been color limitations or something, too. It's weird. Like, everyone that has ever brought it up, they sort of, like, beat around the bush and say, like, no, his hair's not pink. Look, it's he's blonde. And, you know, yeah, and all the... the artwork, he's blonde. But yeah. I almost wonder if it's kind of like a why Mario wears overalls thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah. giving him blonde hair probably would have made it a little harder to distinguish himself, especially when you get, oh, you know what, I wonder if it is, um, when you get the um, the blue armor, or the blue mail, I think the, like, the uh, folded up part of his cap turns yellow, maybe that's yeah. what, yeah, as we go through this walkthrough, we'll see. Uh, so basically, you turn into a bunny, and then you find this, uh, this guy uh, just kicking the shit out of this, like, little, like, Kirby Goomba-looking thing, because he's an <laughs> asshole, it just, yeah, it just beats it, god i can't imagine like what this guy was like in real in the real world like just like kicking this poor like guy around it's just i don't know the old man had given you the magic mirror which lets you or return to the light world uh so you use that end up back on top of spectacle rock and you jump back down and go to the tower tower of hera this uh is the first one that introduces like the uh like the blue and i guess they're orange uh little the like, switches yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's supposed to be blue and red, like so. I call them that, but it does look a little more orangish or something. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like that burnt orange at the first, uh, like 350Z was like when they yeah. introduced that. So anyway, well, one, like if you look at the switch itself, it's definitely red, but the like the little things Tiles. that come up out of the ground are a little uh... orangey. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not yeah. the same shade. They look more like the little worm things than the uh, than than the red that's on those orbs so yeah oh and something else I, just to jump back real fast with how he turns into a bunny mm-hmm. like i feel so stupid that i like i should have seen the you know the big reveal and link between worlds because of ravia like that just that made me so mad that i didn't get catch that oh okay afterwards didn't yeah <laughs> like oh that, like links a bunny and, uh, and i'm like oh my gosh like, yeah that was something I, that was something like it's just telegraphed immediately in my head i'm like oh i bet you i know what that is <laughs> again. yeah I played it as kids. He played it only a few years before Link to Between Worlds came out. Yeah, but also, but I played it a ton. Like, so I stay. I, I still like. That's why as soon as it happened, I was like, I should have seen that coming. Yeah. 
<laughs> because he was a freaking bunny. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, it's a bunny in the dark world, basically. Oh, oh, oh man. Yeah, every, and yeah. wait, there's there's one of everything that's in the light world here, too. And this guy's a button. Oh, wait a second. So anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> this this dungeon also, I think, is the first one that introduces like verticality, which I thought was pretty cool at the time. Um, you know, now it's a little less impressive, but, you know, you have to think on, you know, multiple levels of, of just like it, it's really cool, like to think of like in this era, like I can't recall anything like, hey, you need to drop down from this area to get to this area, basically. Yeah, I mean, there are like ledges and stuff you could jump off of, but this definitely took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, it would take you to an entire, to an entirely different floor. Go ahead, Stephanie. You had to actually pay attention to what was on the level below you when you got to that next level, because if you fell in the wrong spot, you might keep falling or... Uh, you might not get what you were shooting for. Like in this one, you you drop down to get the master. What's, no, it's not the master key. It's the actual item. The, the moon pearl. Yeah, the moon pearl. Yeah, yeah that thing. Uh, I, you know, I think that took me like two or three tries when I was a kid. The first time I was like, well, how the hell? Oh, it's like, what am I doing wrong? I'm like, wait a second. I bet you if I come at this from the up, I'm like, oh, there we go. There, that's how you do this stupid. So yeah, don't have don't have the hook shot yet to just zip over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then this leads to like one of the. I don't know. I, I, I like this boss, but at the same time, I don't because it doesn't um, it doesn't kill you so much as just resets and is a pain in the ass. He's just annoying. Yeah, uh, this one's Moldrum. It's basically this gigantic worm thing that if you attack any part of it, but it's um, I guess ass. Well, or tail, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, it's it's got to it's got to exist somehow. So uh, the, the the ass end of this of this thing. Um, It'll basically bounce you. Um, it'll also bounce you if it runs into you. And this also goes back into that vert- uh, verticality of this level where it will just bounce you back a, you know, one floor down. Or I don't know if it'll actually, if there's an area where it'll, hit, like, you'll hit a thing where it'll keep sending you down floor after floor after floor. But, yeah, it's, uh, I definitely had some issues with this as a kid. And even now, like, in my most recent playthrough, like, you know, in the last week, I, I, I got I got knocked down, like, twice, I think, during this thing. I was just like, oh, you piece of shit. God, I hate this thing. <laughs> yeah, it moves very erratically. It doesn't have a pattern to the movement, really. Yeah. So that's what makes it kind of troublesome. And you just have to try to follow behind it and just smack the tail as fast as you can. Yeah, I don't think I've ever beaten it without falling at least once. Which is frustrating after you've been playing it for like so many times and you're really getting good at it, and then that stupid thing still knocks you off. You're like, come on, I'm good at this now. <laughs> uh, my my biggest thing is when you've hit him six times and you're about to hit that seven, and nope, you're down on the next floor. Yeah, yeah, because he does speed up um, when he gets towards the end of his life, basically. And it's just like, oh, you piece of crap. Okay, yeah. great, thanks, dude. Uh, which, you know exactly why they put like the two rows of pots that all have hearts under. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're like me and compulsory, uh, I, before I went up there, went and got, went open or, you know, went and uh, threw every pot to see what was under them. And then I have no hearts to refill myself with. That was like, you. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I get it now. That's why they did that. You good job, Jason. Now you have no hearts to fill yourself up with. So I think that was probably like one of the first times I died in this game, maybe when I was a kid. So, I mean, I'm sure, like, you know, some random, like, soldier killed me at some point. But anyway, um, so you get the third pendant, uh, and now you're supposed to go get the Master Sword. And this leads to probably, like, one of the most memorable things in, in like, my, you know, 30-something years of playing video games. Like, this scene is just something that is stuck in my mind forever. And I still I still kind of relish in it every time it happens, is getting the Master Sword. 
Dude, I get chills every time. Like, just a little chill just, like, run through my body. And I'm like, ah, Master Soul Time. <laughs> All the happy little woodland creatures. All the little squirrels and the birds and the rabbits kind of go running by you. And I don't know why every single time I do it, it's like, it, it maybe just a habitual thing at this point. But, like, I'll take out the Book of Medora and I'll, um, I'll read the inscription on the, on the pedestal before I pull out the sword. <laughs> it's just yeah, I do that too. That, that is an interesting thing because you don't have to read that. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's literally like, I mean, if you're just playing this to get through it, there's literally no reason for you to do that. So, but I find myself doing it every single time. And the one thing I, I dig that they did is, um, you know, the cloud cut or, you know, you know the, the fog goes away and the sun just starts beaming through the Lost Woods. But then that music for the Lost Woods goes away. And I love that. I love that song. Yeah, I've always been a little disappointed that music changes and Kakariko Village changes and... Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's here that Kakariko changes or if it's until after Agnim. Or, uh, see, I just did it. Uh, Agnim. Ognim is defeated. No, he's Ognim. That's that's how it'll always be to me. <laughs> Stephanie, how did you pronounce that as a kid? Any idea? Yeah, okay. See, see, that's what I mean, Rich. I, I, I think it's the ages we came at this at is uh, what affects our uh, pronunciation of this thing. Because like I said, for me, it was like Agnahim. And I know that wasn't right phonetically, like looking at it. It's like, I know that's not right, but that's as close as I'm getting. So screw you. I don't care. It's like, this is made up anyway. Who gives a shit? I think I usually call them Agnim or something like that, but in the way that I remember it, like, I can't visualize his name other than it starts with an A and it has a G, I think, and kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I recognize it, <laughs> but... Tralala, go see Sahasrala. Yeah. It's, it's like, go talk to Sahasrala, and he'll tell you how to feed Agnachahum. I mean, we've got Link, Zelda, Ganon, Ganondorf. Those are the names that are important. Yeah. You know, in- well, what about Bob the Soldier? <laughs> anyway, so get the Master Sword. <laughs> and you get this, like, Sorry. really, like, great, like, great moment of, um, uh, you know, talking to you telepathically, telling you it's like, oh, it's great, you got the master sword, and go, and then uh, I, this is like the one thing I remember, or that one thing. It was like a very specific thing, like the first time I played this game, like thinking, um, like after you enter or exit the uh, the area with the the master sword, like coming out of it and getting that telepathic message from Zelda that the soldiers are coming to get her or whatever. Like I remember thinking, like if I hurry over there, I can I can save her before it happens. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. And re- realizing that, like, it doesn't matter how fast you are, or how slow, like, you can literally, like, you know, take 45 hours and come there, and the results are the same as if you got over there in, like, you know, two minutes flat. It's like, yeah, yeah. and that's why the walkthrough's like, so now go and, like, pick up all this other stuff you couldn't get before. Yeah, it's like, yeah, go for it. It's like, go get all this stuff now if you want to. Um, you can go see the sage die, basically. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing, too. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, your uncle dying. Like, the sage dies, too, but he's in the ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's he, he literally like his corpse just like, you know, flashes and vanishes. So he's clearly dead. 
but he's back at the 80s. That's what I mean. Link basically wishes for everything to be undone. But anyway, we're get, getting ahead of ourselves here. So um, one of the uh, this is another like one of the cooler moments that like really kind of like made the Master Sword I think into like this kind of cool like canon thing for me for the Zelda series is you go there and there's that crazy looking electric bat looking thing blocking the door and you just yeah that does look weird you just use the master sword to like swipe that off and it's just like oh great cool hey guys um i i I could put that sound effect in post (laughs) yeah but where's the fun in that (laughs) fortunately it took me so damn long to find the damn file on my phone timely But I had gotten determined to do it, so okay. I. Okay. What's set your mind to it? Now it's going like, to be there in it. post, and then this part of the conversation is going to come and people are going to be like, "What's going on?" Yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, "Oh, okay, this must be why he put that in post." Okay. <laughs> but but yeah, I do, I do remember in my head like picturing that way cooler than it looks on the screen slashing through the thing you know yeah yeah you look like, at a screenshot of it it's just like like i said it just looks like this like electrified bat basically yeah and you just slash it it just disappears basically it's like like i said it, it, I, I think a lot of this has to do with i don't know maybe maybe the same thing for you stephanie because rich like i said you came to this a little older but like i my i think we were old enough that i could understand what was going on a little bit better but young enough that my imagination still filled in a lot of the uh you know abstractness to it I mean, I was six when I played it, so... Oh, okay. So you were six. Okay, see, I was, like I said, I was, like, ten when I played this. So I had a lot of, uh, like, you know, a little bit better understanding of what was going on, and then it was just a matter of, like I said, I still had that kind of, like, childhood imagination thing going still, where it's like I could fill in a lot of the blanks there, so... Mm-hmm. And that might be, like I said, why I, I thought your uncle was drunk and passed out on the uh, table <laughs> at the beginning, so... Anyway. <laughs> Awkward. Whereas I just thought... <laughs> being nice and letting link have the bed yeah. i don't know yeah 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 see you know you can always tell what kind of environment somebody grows up on based on the interpretation of that <laughs> so <laughs> i never thought about it <laughs> it's like man he's sitting over there like we took turns sleeping or something i don't know <laughs> so anyway um so this this leads you into the hyrule castles like upper area uh and you fight some of the like it takes some of the wind out of um, having the Master Sword out of your sails a little bit because all of a sudden the enemies that were taking two to three hits now take like one or two. And now all of a sudden you got these guys that are taking like four swings, five swings to take them out. You're like, yeah. oh, Jesus, God. It's like, okay, it's like, I, I feel like I just got reset, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, like, I still feel really powerful going through there. Like I guess I think it's probably a few months ago now at this point that I played it last, but like, it was. It was just like so fun running through the tower and just like, you know, and I, especially now because I have a much better grasp of all the, you know, what the different weapons and stuff do and items. So I'm like, like boomerang you, boomerang you, like, bam, 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 you're all dead. I'm going through the door like my new <laughs> in thing, some of the rooms and stuff. My new thing is to see how many I don't have to kill to get through it because I just am like, you're a waste of time. <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate. I was, I was gonna half say like, or half, half, half thinking that you were gonna say like, oh, it's like you know, a pacifist thing. I don't want to have. It's like no, because they're a waste of time. It's like I, I don't want to like bother having to kill you. It's, it has nothing to do yeah. with wanting to save you. It's just you're a waste of my time. Yeah, it is. It's not that I don't care about killing him, or I do care about killing him. It's just that I, there's no reason to. I can just go to the next room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, although with some of them, you, 
I always forget like which one has the key or something, or if you have to kill all of them to get the key in some cases. So yeah, there are those. Um, I, I don't know if they make an appearance again outside of this level, but uh, they're kind of like this like purplish blue, and they hold the swords like it looks like they're kind of holding them like a like on their shoulder almost. It's really kind of weird looking. But they are a pain in the ass to kill because, um, you know, like the regular soldiers, they keep their um, they keep their weapons like to the side, and so it's a little bit easier. All you have to do is attack them from the side there, or you know, just slightly off center. Uh, but these guys, like, if you hit them in the it, it, in a certain area, they'll just bounce back. It's like okay, so everything you have to change your tactic a little bit when you when you that go after them. That might be one of the reasons why I started doing my I'm just gonna not kill you thing. Yeah, well, that, those are the ones that I was talking about that because uh, I was like looking at the picture on the walkthrough of them. Like I just boomerang them and then just wail on them. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where like when you're younger, you maybe don't think about some of that stuff. I'm sure that I was like, uh, when I first played through, but now I'm like, Psh, like, see, and see, I'm at the point where I played it so much. I don't even bother boomeranging half the people anymore. I'm just like, okay, it's like, I, it's like, I know their attack patterns well enough. And I'm like, okay, I'll just like, here's what I do. Here's what I do. Here's what I do. Here's what I do. So anyway, um, yeah, you go through kind of a rather heavy gauntlet of just enemy soldiers, basically finding out that you're too late. Agnim, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and say Agnim because that's how I said it as a kid, and I'm at that point, like I don't care. I've, I've said Sahasrvar like 55 times, so uh, if you are curious, it is pronounced Ognim. So it, I, I don't know how you get Ognim out of that, but that's that's. I don't that's, either. That's I'm pronounced. pretty sure There's I always thought the Agnim, Agnim, Yeah, yeah, the secondary bad guy. Yeah. Not really Gannon. Yeah. So, yeah. So you. Um. So this leads into. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. You. You basically find out Zelda's Zelda's been taken away, uh, to the dark world or whatever. You're not entirely sure what happened, and he teleports out of the room. And you're like, oh, what am I supposed to do now? Great. I. It's like, did I? Is this a fail state? Did I screw up somewhere and miss something? And then I remember going through the uh, throne room and like, wait a second. So I hit all the curtains and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those weird things where I think I did that too in the throne room. Is I don't know why, but I was just like, let's just walk around and swing the sword. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And so when I got to here, it like, I was like, I wonder. <laughs> and see, for me, in I think it was. I... Go ahead, Stephanie. Oh, in a way, I wish I was a little bit older when I played through it because I don't remember what prompted me to do it at all. I don't remember doing the the throne room. Um, but I do remember getting very frustrated in this room the first time I went to it. And there was something about the fact that he did just teleport directly back where I think I was just, I almost feel like I was just like trying to run at the wall and accidentally hit slash or something like that. <laughs> Maybe a moment of frustration, like, like you, like you swipe at it, like, God damn it. And like, Oh wait, that worked. <laughs> Oh. And you also are stuck. Like, they don't let you backtrack at this point. So I figure most people probably like, what do I do? Let me go like, come over the wall, throw some bombs around or, you know, something like that. If they didn't, if they hadn't hit a curtain before, they probably had some sort of, okay, well, there's maybe there's something in here. Yeah. And then that's how they eventually found it. Uh, I do wonder if maybe, like, I had tried to put a bomb there or if I, I had, uh, you know, one thing we didn't mention was, like, you know, tapping on the uh, the cracks in the wall to see if you can bomb them or not because they'll make a distinctive, like, ding, 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 ding sound if you can. And I wonder if uh, doing that 
you know, produced any sound. Like, I, like I haven't, you know, you get so used to doing it. Like, I, I haven't experimented with that. I'm kind of wondering. I might go play through it again in the next day or two to see, just to see if that sound effect is there or not, or if it does anything. Because if not, maybe what I did was, you know, you know, I, you know, you hold down the button to do it, and then, you know, you just charge up the, uh, the spin attack. So I'm wondering if maybe that was the case, and then I accidentally like swung it open or something like that using the spin attack, and that was what did it. It's kind of weird, like thinking backwards, like how I figured it out the first time. So. Yeah, it's difficult, especially so long ago when you were so little. It's like yeah, so many years in between then and now. It's like I, I I don't remember the specifics of it. I remember like certain things of it, but it's just like that specific. I don't have a damn clue what I did. So anyway, um, you go fight uh. Hugnim, I'm gonna try to say it right. I am gonna try. Uh, you go fight Ognim. Um, he basically has like two attack pattern or three attack pattern things. Uh, the first thing he'll do uh, is shoot out this like big flaming ball at you, and you have to shoot it or basically use the uh, bug catching net. You don't have to use a master sword. Master sword is completely useless. Basically, you find out the bug catching net is all you need. You can swing yeah, the bug catching to... net. Because you have to do a spin attack with the sword, if I remember right. No, no, you can just, is, no, you can just can do a normal you? attack. Yeah, I can't yeah. sworn that that like, didn't work for some reason. That's why I always nope. use the net. Nope, my this always, is easier. Yeah, nope. My, you can just you just swing the sword like a normal thing. Okay, hmm. I just did it. You know, I just I just did it the other day. So, um, yeah. So, that, yeah, because you can't do any like damage to him physically with the master sword. But yeah, just swinging the sword and flopping it right back to him. Uh, he'll also shoot out like this little like square thing at you um it's like four dots basically and as soon as you hit it uh they'll go out in diagonal directions and then eventually he'll after enough hits or enough attacks he'll go up to the top center of the screen and shoot lightning at you and then you just kind of go off to the side and avoid it so um i'm lying way too much on the walkthrough for that he can shoot the lightning from any point and no. it's really more of a circle it spins as it's coming at you okay well i think um i think it's the second time you fight him that he can shoot the lightning at you from anywhere because the first time it is, I, I'm pretty sure it's limited to this to this uh, top center. Yeah, I think I think that's the case as well. I'm, I don't know. Okay. I'm be from anywhere, but it doesn't particularly matter because you end up having to, uh, you know, there's only one thing you can do to damage him anyway. So you beat him down. Uh, he congratulates you on uh, basically keeping up with him and then draws you into the dark world. <laughs> Talks to you telepathically again, telling you you're in the dark world and like, oh boy, man, you're, you're, you're in some deep shit now, buddy. So, and then see, this was the point in the game where like, I realized like just how big this game was. It was like, if you had ended it there and, you know, beat Ognim and that was the end of it and then save Zelda, like, I, I, I probably would have been satisfied with it. But it goes and gives you over double the content now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking like, you barely beat the first third of this game at this point. You're like, oh, wow, there's that much more. Holy hell. So. I always thought that that, what you saw in the background once you get to Death Mount, uh, once you get to the Dark World, it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that that was the dark world of equivalent of Death Mountain and not a house with a chimney. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I could totally. That's, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the sprite right now and I totally see what you're talking about there. So that's what I spent most of my childhood thinking. <laughs> Were really you trying to find that house? I just never really thought much about it. And then one time I looked at it, I'm like, wait, that little that little dot is the sun coming. That's the bridge. That's the tower. That's Death Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, oh, I, it's like, I just put it all together. Okay, it makes sense now. <laughs> Ten years after the fact or something oh, like that. That's all right. That's all right. I mean, like I said, there's so many little things in this game we kind of put together here. It's just like, I mean, like one of my favorite things, uh, like in the light world is when you're on top of Death Mountain and you're at like the bridge part where you're like at the very, very top of that. And you can look down and you like see like, oh, wow, there's 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 the woods and yeah. like through the cloud cover. It's like, oh, give you a nice indication of just how high up in the world you are. It's incredibly detailed for a game that old. Yeah. And just going to go with my defense of again i was six when i first played this game <laughs> i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say it's perfectly defensible and i wouldn't worry too much about it so uh so this early in the game um in the dark world you can get the uh which one is that the quake medallion which i has has a use much later down the road i actually never really got into the using these spells um just i never I, really either yeah just how much like magic power they sucked up i was always kind of like eh, i don't really need this thing if you kind of go there's really no other way to go because it does kind of rope you off but if you kind of take a lesson from the light world you realize like oh i should go to i should you know it's like i should go to the eastern palace or whatever it is in the light world go to that you know go to that area in the east and work my way over there and that'll lead you to the first dungeon but before you get to the first dungeon you will come across a monkey who wants 10 rupees and man and I didn't really think I was going to have to give him as many rupees as he did because it's like, you know, you kind of in for a penny, in for a pound with this little fucker because he'll ask for 10 and then he'll ask for 100 to open up the door for you. <laughs> I just have one quick question. With the medallion, do you guys throw the sign into the the sign that says don't throw stuff into the circle of stones? Yes, of course. Get to it as well? Of course. Of course. Okay. <laughs> so I know some people are like, they just don't, but I'm like, I don't know. I, I just feel like being a jerk. <laughs> so yeah. I always throw the sign in. Rich, you're a regular Dennis the Menace. All right. <laughs> okay, so to the palace. Yep. So this will lead you into the Dark Palace. Um, uh, the the treasure for this one is the hammer. And this, this one also adds a little, not quite as much, but it has some of the verticality of the Tower of Hera. Um, mm -hmm. This one, I've always, there's always like one part where like I'm missing a key. And then I'll remember it's the one, um, like, if you're looking... Uh, like, man, I'm trying to think. Like, they, they look like the little orb switches or whatever, like the walking orb switch things. But in the uh, where there's a whole bunch of them in like the bumper in the middle of the room there, um, there there's a key like up the like bottom oh. right there. I always forget that key. Yeah, like it's it's this is one where I always get the path mixed up a little bit, mm -hmm. so I get stuck for just a little bit in this dungeon every time. Yeah, this one's kind of a pain in the ass for me sometimes. I'm just like, oh, this damn it. One, this is the one where you can get almost all the way to the end and realize that you missed something at the very beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've, I think I worked my way through um, and got to the teleporter that leads you to the uh, like little corridor thing that can lead you to the boss and realize, oh, I don't have the big key yet. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> I've done that. I have totally done that. Thankfully, there's the turtles there that you can't do anything to without the hammer. Uh, so it does kind of like block you off from getting there. I mean, you can go and just kind of charge through them and just take the hit. But at the same time, it's like, you know, everything's doing so much damage to you at this point that it's like, OK, well, clearly I'm not supposed to be here quite yet. So it is a nice job of telegraphing that you need something to get through here. So uh, this is also where we talk about the little little rat goblin things uh, that will... which are apparently Kodongos. Did not know that name before. <laughs> Oh, no, no, they're called, uh, well, I, I'm looking at the, uh, 
looking at the walkthrough here, and it says a Gorias. There, wait, was I looking at something else there? Maybe, yeah, there's a trio of Gorias. Oh, no, no, never mind. Kodongos are the little fire spitter things. Oh, okay. okay. The, those are a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is kind of cool. Like, I, I, I like, this is, I, we'll get to it when I get there, but this is, like, something that should have, like, telegraphed to me, like, further down the road to mess with the statues. But you have to shoot an arrow at one of the statues to open up a path. And there is an area that I have a very specific memory of with my grandmother helping me uh, with it because I, I, I just got stuck for, like, two weekends. I couldn't figure out what the hell to do. And then she made a suggestion. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, to get the magic hammer, you can pound the little moles, I guess, is what they are. I don't know. Well, apparently the uh, the turtles are called terror pins. That's an interesting interpretation of a turtle it's a terror pin so but anyway uh the yeah, yeah. Well, apparently the statues that spit fire are called medusa statues i'm like that what okay <laughs> like, that, that yeah. doesn't make sense yeah well i mean pegasus boots you know <laughs> so <laughs> something was lost in translation yeah, yeah probably uh in one of the those uh interviews i'd read on um on that site I mentioned earlier the helmosaur king originally the only thing that could uh break its mask apart was the bombs the hammer didn't do anything to it, but then they started thinking like, well, you got this weapon in here that does all this stuff to the enemies in this dungeon and, you know, opens up some, it's like, maybe we should make it useful for this too, especially if the player runs out of bombs here. Like if you're, if you haven't upgraded your bombs, you're only carrying 10 bombs. So you could be throwing and missing these things and then just putting yourself in a inescapable hole that you can't do anything with. So it, it, I think it was a nice decision to add that option in rather than just like, you know, oh, you're out of bombs, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I actually have some friends that do uh, the Link to the Past randomizer. Like they'll they'll stream it and race, and um, they they always use bombs on that. And I'm like, I, I can understand it, especially if they don't have the hammer yet. But sometimes they'll have the hammer, and I'm like, why don't you use the hammer? And they're like, why? And I'm it's way faster to me than using bombs because the guy can move out of the way and stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this boss is pretty simple. Um, I've never really had that much issue with it. Even as a kid, like, it just, it doesn't do very much to you. I mean, it'll, like, the, the, the little flames that'll shoot out can be kind of a pain in the butt to avoid when you're trying to hit it, but at the same time, it doesn't really, yeah, I guess. It doesn't it, have it, a terrible pattern, really. Like, yeah. It's pretty easy yeah. once you get it down. Yeah, and you can figure out that pattern very quickly. I, I'm just looking at this walkthrough and the bomb and you guys talking, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever used a bomb on him. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think I have either because I'm like, oh, I got the hammer in here. I'm supposed to use that, right? Yeah, oh, <laughs> like it just that yeah. made sense. And I haven't used arrows on him. It's just been whack, whack, whack with the hammer, then slash, slash, slash with the sword. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did ring, use ring with the trolley because the. the... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> the, 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 the big, there, but... the big glowy like center eye that's revealed after you break the thing off, like it just made me think, oh, like arrows, right? See, I I always I use the sword that. just because it's like, well, I've already got one. I've already got a sub weapon equipped that you know took this thing out. I don't feel like I need to equip a different sub weapon now. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think my friends used the sword, like so they would use bombs to knock the helmet off, especially if they didn't have the hammer. But then they would just sword it, and I'm like, why don't you use arrows? And they're like, so you have to like aim, and I'm like, it's not that hard. Yeah. But see, and. Th- that's the other thing too. Um, <laughs> getting getting back to um, sort of like how open this game is, despite it being pretty linear, it does give you a variety of options to to 
to use, like, you know, like we just discovered here, you know, Stephanie, you've never thought about using the bombs for it before. And I think that was my go-to originally. And in the original design, like they, like I said, they, they didn't plan on anybody using the hammer. They just thought, oh, they'll just use bombs. So it's kind of this like nice thing of like, this is like, just like I said, just like, the expertise in design in this game is like, so like just a marvel to think about, you know, there's as many years. intuitive to go to a bomb with him though. No, there's not. It really, it really shouldn't be. But at the same time, there's a couple bosses too where you like, you know, we'll we'll get to that one later. But you know, using the ice rod and the fire rod, especially like you you have to get the fire rod. There's no way around it. But like the ice rod, you could just have skipped entirely and not have gotten it. When you get to that boss, and you're like, oh, oh crap, great. I've done that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I always make sure I get that like first thing. Like once I beat the first. Uh, you know, I don't even think I beat the first dungeon. I think I just, right after Kakarigo Village and I get my, uh, you know, the heart pieces there, I just go get it. This way I don't forget it. So, but anyway, you get the, uh, you get the hammer here. Or, uh, yeah, you, ha you have the hammer here and this will open up a lot of the Dark World, if not most of it for you. So, yeah, this is where I start kind of diverging from the like designated dungeon one, two, three, four. Yeah. Because I like getting the gloves and the upgraded Master Sword and all that stuff, like, right away, which you pretty much do after this i think you might have to do one more dungeon maybe let me see because the next dungeon is the uh the next technical dungeon is the swamp palace and that's the one where you get the hook shot and where you pound down the the thingies blocking your path and then they look like nipples <laughs> you know i'll be damned i never thought i never noticed that <laughs> i have thought I... that since i was a kid okay i always thought it was weird how they got like flattened and stretched out funny I... Like, don't know what that says about me that I'm the one who's always thought they looked like nipples. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever works. You know, as long as it wasn't me or Rich that brought that up, I guess we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys ever like not just go straight through those? By the way, like I always like I'll do the like I'll weave through for some reason. Like I'll do the left, down, right, right. I nope, usually down. do GTFO and I don't know why, but like I always do that. I I can't just go straight through. It's like a weird habit for that part <laughs> yeah no this is this is uh that, that's one of those things like i just go straight through i think it's just because of how many times i played it it's just like i i want to do this as minimally as po minimally as possible just like yeah, yeah. well and i feel like i don't really go through there that much it's like maybe two or three times the whole time i'm playing because i'll start you know uh, using the is it an ocarina i can't remember if they call it that in the game no it's a flute in this one or speaking of that that was actually the next thing i was going to get to i actually go and get the flute like right after this um this this kind of is a sad little moment um, in this game because, like, the guy that's drunk at the uh, back in Kakariko Village talking about, like, you know, his son's been missing or whatever. Like, you find his son in the Dark World, and uh, it gives you a shovel to dig up a shovel. Or to dig up the flute. And then turns into a tree, basically. It's like, it's it's kind of like this real sad moment. And then you go back to the village and play the flute, and he's like, oh, that's my son. It's like, uh, like, he sobers up for half a second and then kind of, like, you know, seems to go back into his drunken stupor of sadness. Yeah, and I think that's more of like a story thing. Like, you don't actually get anything from going to him, right? No, no, yeah, it is definitely a story thing. And it's something yeah, I uh, always do, though, even though there's, there is there is no payoff for it. Yeah. yeah you well, can I guess. We bypass I, and go right to the bird, or right to the. the yeah. Oh, well, I guess there is one thing, like, because if you haven't played before, he does tell you, like, oh, like, go play for the birds in town, like, because that's what he always did or something. Oh, I think, he did. Okay. I, I think he does. I think he tell like gives you the hint to go do that, but um, 
but yeah, like if you know about it, there's no you don't have to go play for him to unlock it or something. Yep. And then this will unlock the uh, the duck. The yeah, that that doesn't. I don't know what that thing's supposed to be. I I think it's a duck. This walkthrough even calls it a duck. But uh, oh it, yeah, I guess it does. I mean, it. I don't know. Like that is that is a hell of a duck. But it it's uses a little minimal because it doesn't. You can't use it in the dark world. So it's like, well, great. I'm done in the light world for the most part. Um, cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so. I usually well, just although hopping around to farm fairies or um, rupees. Yeah, and and also most of the places that you can fly with it, there's a portal pretty close by. Yeah, most of them, not or, or like a short walk. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. I think there's one area. I think it's the swamp one that you have to, um, that you have to use it. The misery mire, I think it's called or something. But uh, yeah, you have to go there and then grab the thing. So while you're at Kakariko, uh, getting 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 your uh, flying duck that carries you, I whatever i'm gonna stop trying to think about it this logically yeah. uh you can go find this like little like uh drake looking thing I, I i don't know what this little thing is uh it's like a bat is what it always looked like to me yeah it's called um, the mad batter apparently oh interesting okay um but yeah he's right by the blacksmith so you go down there and you wake him up by throwing some magic powder on him and he'll uh, cut your magic uh points in half um, he curses you with that. Yes. He's like, your he, magic shall go down by half now or something like that. But he's also he's also apologetic about it. Like it's very weird. It's like he'll be very maniacal and then switch over to Is that okay, sir? Yeah. So he's, he's apologetic about it. He's acting like he's cursing you, but he's helping you. He doesn't yeah. Yeah, he actually cuts your uh, magic magic use in half, not how many how much magic you have in half. <laughs> he wants to be a badass villainous thing because he looks like he should be, but he's actually a nice guy. Yeah, he's like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do bad, and not really, just gotta yeah, play along with it. It is kind of creepy that like this weird, it's like a pool of blood that he comes out of. I always thought that it was like a little basin of blood, and I'm like, why the crap is this here? Yeah, <laughs> like, this is really dark suddenly in the game. Basically like Jessica Rabbit. He's not bad. He's just drawn that way. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we just yeah, we just talked about Roger Rabbit on the on the latest episode of the podcast, so that's kind of fresh <laughs> in my mind. That's funny. Oh, man. So, anyway, um, there's some stuff you can pick up in the Dark World version of Kakariko Village, but, uh, you know, we'll kind of skip all that. Um, if you go back to the Light World... Yeah, you can get, like, heart pieces and stuff. And... Yeah, there, you can also get the... Um, what is it? The cape. I'm trying to, yeah, the magic cape. It lets you turn invisible, which also lets you become an invincible. Lets you walk over spikes. So you can. I, I kind of forgot you can get that that early. That if you just use the magic mirror, I always like, not always, but it's sort of in my head. You have to wait to get to the tight, or you, you have to wait to get to the titan mitts um, to be able to do that. Oh yeah, because you can. Uh, oh yeah, never mind. It's a hard piece up there, but it's a little more straightforward with the Titan mitts, but it's totally doable without them. Yeah, yeah. You just have to use the magic. You just have to like basically go. Yeah, basically just have to use that. So it's it's not a big deal, but it's just like one of those things in my head. Like, oh, you have to do it this way. So, but yeah, and that, that's one reason that I'll do that as well is because I'll sometimes like I'll just be in the light world or something, and I'm like, oh crap, that's right. I want that thing, and so I just rush the Titan mitt. Yeah. 
All right. Which, holy crap! The last time I no, oh, never mind. I'll tell. I'll mention that when we get to that dungeon. Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah let's move on here because we're uh, I I'm running short on time. We're not that short, but yeah, definitely getting tight on time here. Um. So we've got uh. So we're in this. Uh, what what is the name of this palace here? Swamp Palace. Man, it should have been easy. Um. And this is the first area where it really kind of comes into play that the things that happen in the light world will affect the dark world and vice versa. Um. So the little like, uh, I don't know what you'd call this. Um thing but if you go and like let the water out and uh, sort of like drain the little lake uh in the light world and then come back to the dark world uh the entrance of the palace is that's normally flooded or that's normally not flooded is now flooded so you can uh go over to the area that's you know uh whatever that is it's a little like Let's ladder <laughs> yeah that's yeah it, it's a little ladder basically uh this this dungeon's I don't know. I, I, I like it, good. but I've always kind of had a like a problem with just like it just feels kind of tedious because of how much like it's death traps. Temple. What do you expect? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but my 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 water <laughs> temple in this game is the is the ice palace. But we'll get to that one in a little while. Yeah, um, yeah, but... <laughs> so this is where you get the hook shot. Um, it sounds like you guys really like. I I like the hook shot, but I the magic boomerang is always my. Uh, my secondary that is that is just my go-to secondary um in the ice palace that the hookshot comes in a lot of a lot of handy but here yeah, yeah. go ahead i, I saw my friends in the ice palace there's those things that i'm like why don't you guys use the hookshot on those again when they're doing those yeah those runs and i'm like those things are like i can kill all of them in like three seconds and the, there's that one with like six of the things well the thing like, is why too, don't you use the freaking hook shot well, because also if they're, so if, they're if they're too far into the wall if their sprites too far into the wall the hook shot won't do anything to them whereas your sword will still do something to them but yeah. it always happens that you go for the sword at the moment they go zappy zap yeah yeah i wish i could yeah. disagree with you on that <laughs> oh no 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 i'm thinking of like those slidey duck guys in the ice palace oh, oh okay like those things you can kill with it as well and they're like you can and i'm like yeah, yeah like yeah that's not they're like i don't like that and i'm like that, like i can kill those guys in three seconds versus like yeah like that first room you jumping all over the room and crap a whole bunch of them you just stand there hook shot hook shot hook shot hook shot yeah, so it's just oh, see what I do is that while they're while while they charge at me, basically I just uh you know do the spin attack and then I'll hook shot the other two that I missed or one sometimes I'll have missed. I yeah, just so hook shot, shot, hook shot. Just, but anyway, another one of those interesting how people play it differently things. But yeah. like that, to me, that's just so much easier to use the hook shot with certain enemies. So all right, so let's get on to the boss here. This boss actually requires you to use said hook shot. Um, it is basically like a jellyfish sort of thing with little like blobs surrounding it um this is a remarkably easy boss but i just enjoy the process of taking it apart yeah like taking each little killing each little cream puff mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so basically the, the whole the whole shtick of it is is there's these like little cream puff things stick or you know sticking around to it um and it's really only attack until you take them all out is basically spinning them around it uh so you just keep using the hook shot drag them off kill those and then it gets pissed off after you kill all those and it starts like like you know spin around on the water and after that it becomes remarkably easy because I, I don't know if I've ever taken a hit from this boss in the last like 10 years yeah because you have the very clear indication of where he's going to fall not only from visual cues but from the, the noise too mm -hmm. yeah and oh I didn't realize this apparently you can kill him with a uh, ice rod huh really yeah that's the walkthrough saying oh, interesting wow. what you learn hmm. yeah I had no idea too so that's there's a new else. strategy because <laughs> he's easy to hit <laughs> 
Oh, uh, this next one is my least favorite, I think, in this game. Yeah, this one's kind of a pain in the butt, too. Um, the, the, the more I've played, the easier it's gone to navigate the dungeon. Is the, That's a big one that's mm-hmm. helped, I think. I just always managed to miss one of the holes I'm supposed to fall into in the the dead woods. Whatever the lost woods are called in the dark world. I don't remember. Skullwoods. Uh, Skullwoods, that's it. Yeah. I always managed to fall down the, the wrong hole repeatedly. <laughs> and so there's yeah. just one area of it that I it always takes me a ridiculously long time to get through. Yeah, the the last time I went through I I like blazed through it and I was surprised. I was like, wow, apparently I've like finally muscle memoried <laughs> this dungeon apparently. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever muscle memory this one. I, I I have the same problem you do, Stephanie, where I'll I'll just kinda like what hole was I supposed to go down? It's like, okay, I've been down this one. It's like, shit, I went down the same way. It's like, I was at this one like four turns ago. God damn it, what did I do yeah. wrong now? So Yeah, well, now watch the next time I do it, I'm going to like get all lost in crap. But. There you go. Um, this is the this is the dungeon that will, uh, or gives you the fire rod. The fire rod will come in handy for a few of the puzzles here. Uh, um, this is one where you have Kills to Kills like, those stupid mummy pieces of crap. Right yeah, that take like 15 hits with the master sword. Which is Although it is a lot of fun that this level has a lot of the ones where you walk over the little star things and the room changes. Yeah, that one's kind of cool. I, I, I do have to say. Um, like, I, I enjoy kind of what they did. It's just, I, just, I just really don't like the falling out of the holes to figure out or, you know, you know to kind of get into certain areas because, like I said, I, yeah. I have such a time. You literally can't get there from there. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. Really, guys? Really? It's like, okay, well, great. I got to exit out and start all over again. That's that's swell. Um, this will lead to, actually, what I think might be the hardest, well, for me anyway, the hardest boss in the game, Mothula. Uh, you know, definitely not, uh, definitely not yeah. uh, similar to the uh, the Godzilla monster. Um, yeah, I don't know. With the fire rod, I always, I don't really ever have trouble with this guy. Even with the fire rod, I do. It's just the movement that, you know, the floor moving, not moving, then moving in the opposite direction. And just the the spike things coming at you, to, or, you know, all over the place. Like, I have more problems with this than I do any other boss in the game. Yeah, yeah, maybe the floor that causes the problem for me. I end up running into the spikes, not the monster itself. But again, this is when they're showing with the magic hammer. I have never thought of using the hammer on him. Yeah, I, he'd be way harder to hit with the hammer, in my opinion. But yeah, I guess it does take a lot of hits with the fire rod. Yeah. Well, no, it recommends using the fire rod and then uh, going for the hammer. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just I, I maybe just hit him really fast or something because I it, this is on not one of the harder ones for me. I'm just like just like foom, 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 with that fire oh, you know what? I, and just you drop know what? him. I, I I can't see how the magic hammer would be a little bit easier if you if it if you get him from the side. There's enough um, angle on him that you don't have to worry about getting hit by him. Um, yeah. If you go from the front to the back, you're probably going to end up getting hit by him. And then if it says it takes four hits with the magic hammer, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Takes eight with the fire rod and then more with the sword. Yeah, they they, they lost count. So um, <laughs> once you beat that, this leads you to the the gargoyles domain, which this was another one of those kind of cool ones that I um, like. You know, you just basically pull the gargoyles trident off its hinges. So kind of in in like my imagination as a kid, I just remember like or I remember thinking like pulling on this thing and like ripping the gate off of it, basically. Mm-hmm. I've just always really liked this one. Yeah, this is the one where the verticality, I think, like, it's not annoying, and it also is, like, a clever way to go through this dungeon. Mm-hmm. And I always, I remember always being suspicious of this girl in the dungeon, because why are you in the dark world and not 
not in human form. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, well, let's see. You are the only human here, and I have the moon pearl, which means I should be the. There's something going on here. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and you're not a ma- you're not one of the maidens, so there's something going on here. I'm trying to remember what the treasure is you get here. Oh, this is where you get the Titan hit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that, that's why I'll sequence break here um, and try to get this right away because it opens up other stuff, lets you be able to get the Master Sword forged, you know, things like that a lot yeah. faster, you know, sooner. But also the, um, oh, yeah, what I was going to say before was like just, the, this is another one. Last time I played, I, I usually get lost in here. I'll get turned around and be like, ah, oh, crap, I went the wrong way or whatever, but I just blew through it. And just took all the right paths, and I was like, I was like, did I finally just hit some sort of breaking point with some of these dungeons where I'm like, yeah, got them down. Just have them memorized now or something, because man, like that last playthrough is so much better for me. This one has always been easy for me. I don't know why I've had like I, I don't think I've, outside of like the first time I played it, like I don't think I ever had an issue with it. Um, so the 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 trick to this dungeon is um, you find you find this girl, as Stephanie alluded to, um, who oddly isn't transformed into some hideous beast or some weird little pink ball. Um, and there's been some hints of this in the light world um, that there's blind, the thief who hates sunlight. And there is one room where the sun is shining through. And then you'll see that it, the, uh, the floor is cracked. So that, like I said, that leads back into that puzzle thing of, you know, having to think vertically in this game. So you just throw the bomb on there, get it, get it to blow up. And then you take her to the room with the sun in it. And she turns into this like, weird flame monster with the with a sheet on it i don't know what this thing is yeah like that's that's a weird fight (laughs) yeah and honestly like this this i think is like one of the easiest fights in the game like i don't know if it even hit me on my last playthrough yeah because it's a easy fight to do but all those little fireballs shooting around the room, if I run out of magic power, I end up getting hit by so many of them. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, see, I'm, I, like, this last playthrough, like, I don't think it even touched me once. I just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was, maybe it's because I've been playing Ikaruga uh, kind of or recently again, so maybe that has something <laughs> to do with it that I'm like, I can dodge through these things like nothing. Yeah, like, I'll usually do pretty well, but a lot of the time, like, it's because there's just so much going on, I'll usually take a few hits, but I don't think I have to use a potion these days, you know, no, definitely like not. I used to. All right. And this will take us to my least favorite dungeon, the ice palace. I, I really, 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 really don't like the ice palace <laughs> guys. I don't, I don't it know if I can shot. It's easy peasy. Yeah. I just, it's, you know, it, it's, it has nothing to do with how difficult the dungeon is or the, or using the hook shot to like stop yourself uh, that. Yeah. Uh, basically if you're sliding on the, on the ice and you're having a hard time like maneuvering, you can use the hook shot to just like instantly plant yourself on the ground. My issue with this is 
I always get turned around in some areas, and I end up like like wandering back and forth forever, and I cannot for the life of me like like which way did I go last? Like, and I end up like repeating the same path like two or three times before I'm like, nope, this was the way I'm supposed to be going. So, yeah, I get uh, I'll run into that a little bit, but uh, something else I had discovered: the Pegasus boots actually yeah help you kind of like stabilize, or especially if you're like heading towards a door but can't quite line up right, you yeah. just pop the boots and then you run right where you need to. That's the same thing I always do. Pegasus boots. Oh, okay. I, again, I don't know if I've really ever thought about that. Yeah, like I said, I've. It, it's not the navigation um, of the ice, or the traversal of the ice that I've had an issue with. It's just a matter of, like, was I here yet? Was I here yet? Um, so the, the th- I that with this one. So with the, the thing I was alluding to earlier with my grandma helping me through this, um, if you get... I'm trying to remember what you get here. Um, but basically, there's a room where... Um, you fall down and it's one of those things that you have to like open up the door by you know triggering some sort of switch or killing all the enemies and i kill all the enemies and i broke all the pots and the pot only or you know or basically did a treasure chest and i was like well, what the hell am i supposed to be doing now couldn't figure out for the life of me and i got stuck on this part for so long i mean literally like i was going through this dungeon like making a map of it as a kid like, okay, this has this, this has this. I, I spent two weekends doing this because uh, the Super Nintendo was at my grandmother's house. So one weekend I'm sitting there just super frustrated about it. And she comes in and she's watching me play and she sees the statue and she's like, well, why don't you pull on the statue? Why don't you pull its tongue? And I'm like, that's <laughs> stupid. I'm like, like, no, Graham, you're not going to do that. And I'm like, look, I do it. And as soon as I do it, it opens the damn door. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So my grandmother, who like has never played a video game really in her life, outside of like trying to humor us by playing like a Mario Brothers game with us for five minutes before she's like, "Oh, I just walked off the cliff. Okay, here I'm done." <laughs> you know, um, this um, th- like like this this is always going to be something in my brain that like will this this dungeon will always be like my grandma's the only reason I got through this dungeon. I mean, I I I, I might still be to this day trying to figure that out if the internet hadn't existed. <laughs> so. <laughs> kind of how my grandma is she didn't play the games but my god she loved to sit and watch and she would she would figure out puzzles before i did (laughs) and it it was almost frustrating it's like hacks (laughs) the room that i have hardest in uh, the hardest time with in this dungeon is actually not an ice room at all it's a room with the moving floor and the spikes and the blue electric dudes. Oh, yeah, that one's kind of a pain in the butt, too. That is the hardest room in here for me. I'm just looking through here, and that's the one I always get stuck on. Yeah. Not, not really stuck on, just I lose the most hearts in it. <laughs> yeah, I can I can totally understand why on that. Yeah, um, and that's where I really like the hook shot, because it kills the little shadow guys that run between the yep. holes, kills the, like, baris, I guess is what they're called. Um the stupid floaty electric guys but that still doesn't help when the floor moves and you're too close to a spike yeah yeah unfortunately (laughs) that's that is the one definitely tricky thing but um so the boss in this one is called cold stare and it is just this like um cloud with an eyeball in it uh in a block of ice uh i you know i never even thought about using the uh the bombos medallion I never did either. But, oh, wow. Um, that just knocks it right out of the first phase. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. So, yeah, eight <laughs> shots of the fire rod or a single use of the Bombos medallion. I'm like, oh, wow, that's okay. That's great. Uh, after that, it turns into, like, three cloud with eyeballs and basically just got to swipe at them and kill them all. Um, this one isn't too, too difficult to get through, but it's... I think I definitely had a little more problem with this. Well, I definitely had more problem with this than I did uh, the last two bosses, so... 
I remember him always being easy peasy. Yeah. I, yeah, he, I think he's definitely, like, kind of, for me, he's, like, kind of middle tier, like, maybe lower middle tier difficulty. Like, hey, he's not too bad, but I can occasionally have some problems if I'm, like, yeah. you, you ever get in those moments where it's, like, you, you get hit once, and then you're just, like, I'll sh- try to recover, and you just, like, keep getting hit. You're like, god damn it. This is one of those ones where I find myself getting hit, like, kind of, if I bump into that, like, I'll just bump into that, like, cycle of getting hit and hit and hit. I'm like, oh, son of a, come on, really, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this will lead us to the Misery Mire, which is uh, basically the, the the polar opposite of the desert in uh, uh, in the light yeah. world. Uh, this is the only other part in the game that it is raining, and you know I never tried it, but apparently in um, the Satellaview version of this game, if you used a bomb while it was raining outside, it would the bomb wouldn't work because it, the fuse wouldn't stay lit. I never have tried using it here, and I'm kind of curious. Like, I, I didn't even think about doing that until I heard it on a podcast I was listening to uh, before the show. I was like, oh, man, I should have tried that. But huh, Yeah, there, there isn't really a reason to use a bomb, though, as a thing, too. So yeah, it's just kind of most people haven't. Yeah, it'd just be interesting to check it out. Because, you know, the, the only other scene in the game where it's raining, you don't have anything to use. So, outside of a lamp. So, uh, this dungeon... Man, I, one of the ones that requires a medallion to get into. Yeah, yeah, one of the two. Yeah, because it's yeah, because this is number six, right? Yeah, and then the next one's seven. So yeah, Turtle Rock is seven. So the last two, or the second to the last two dungeons, both require a medallion to get into. Um, this dungeon gives you the Cane of Samaria, which gives you like a brick you can put down, and then if you hit it again, it will shoot. Uh, like a fireball in four different directions. Also, it will let you traverse a couple of areas. Yeah, it's an odd item. <laughs> yeah, I, I never really found myself having too much like issue with this dungeon. And then like the item, like I don't think I really ever used it outside of when it was like necessary. Um, one thing, like I kind of wish like I had like did the sequence breaking for this because that area in the ice palace where you have to like push the block from the floor above above to like you know hold on to that switch you could just use the cane of samaria there because i'll like i always like that's that that's a part where i always get screwed up i'm like nope 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 i was supposed to be over here nope wrong side wrong side again jason wrong side again jason damn it jason why do you keep going up the same damn direction every freaking time (laughs) so but anyway um the boss here is just a bunch of eyeballs uh not particularly difficult boss I like this boss actually. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you can't this... do like the uh, Swamp Palace one. Like the hookshot won't pull them out. You just have to wait for them and slash. Yeah, I don't. I guess but I'm never trying that. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have a particular like effort. Like I don't think this boss is particularly difficult, but I do enjoy it. Like, and I enjoy like if you try to walk through the uh, the gel, it slows you down. Mm-hmm. That's I think a nice it little does, touch. I think it does damage too, doesn't it? No, it just slows you down. At least I, I, not that I noticed. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it was because you were walking in there when the eyeballs were there still and the eyeball and an eyeball hit you. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I remember pretty sure I took damage, but that could be because the eyeballs were up there or something. Yeah, like you can't attack them when it's up there. So you just need to stay on the bottom half.
we are we are now at the kind of last phase of this game here. Um, if you go back to the area where Link's house is in the light world, uh, the bomb shop has now opened up and you can get the super bomb. And if you go back to the pyramid, it'll blow, it'll blow it'll open a hole in the wall, get the silver arrows, get the golden sword if you have the tempered sword. Um, and for some ungodly reason, if you don't have the, uh, the red shield, you can get it here because, yeah. Um, I do enjoy getting the, uh, the silver arrows from this fairy because, uh, she'll comment on, she knows she doesn't look like a fairy, but she's been twisted by Ganon's magic and basically she's just kind of, yeah. Oh, so. something else is make sure you don't dash when you have the, like the super bomb. <laughs> Cause then you'll just leave it yeah, behind. Otherwise and it'll set it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have there, three seconds a waste to grab it. And like, but... don't jump off of ledges because that can be <laughs> same thing. Yeah, that'll leave it behind <laughs> you. So little tips. So this will get you. Um, so you have to go back to the light world to get to Turtle Mountain. You, you need the Titan Mitt, and then you have to do like pound these pegs into or pound these nipples into the ground. Uh, <laughs> right, Stephanie? In a certain sequence. I don't know if those ones look as much like and then it. That will... oh, maybe, maybe I don't know. No, I see it still. Now that now that she's pointed out, that is all I will ever see. Thank you very much for that. I think the mental thing is, is that I saw that since I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this will require the quake medallion. You do that, and the turtle's uh, head goes into itself or something. I don't know really what the. It yeah. just disappears. Um, <laughs> and then. The, yeah, it just goes away. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and this is where the Cane of Samaria will actually come in handy. Uh, for one of the like, things I really don't like, this is like probably like my least favorite part of this dungeon, or the, the fact that this is the dungeon hook, basically, is using the Cane of Samaria as a like transport yeah. pad thing. It's, it's kind of a pain yeah, in the ass. The path right um, in a couple of the rooms is annoying. The... I think like this, the first one you use in it, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's like you just kind of go around the circle, go into the different rooms. It's on the... No, no. The first one you use it in is literally um, or, well, straightforward. I mean, like the first room where you actually have to use it to like really get around. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So yeah, yeah, you go straight forward and the next yeah. one is like kind of go around the circle. The one after that is like, oh, eh, that's not too bad. And it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then the pitch black one where you just constantly take damage from the spinny fire crap from Mario Brothers. Um, that's for some reason in the dungeon. Um, <laughs> It's like a little bunch of balls of flame. Um, if, <laughs> They're in a line, and they. <laughs> if you um, if you read that, if you read those articles, um, I, I sent you guys. They um, uh, actually, they had originally intended that to be in the first Legend of Zelda, and couldn't figure out a use for it, so they put it in Mario. <laughs> so it was originally yeah. a Mario thing. It just didn't make it into, or it was originally a Zelda thing. It just made it into Mario before they could figure out a way to implement it into. Uh, I, I, it's probably like. I mean, yeah. like technological. Well, I think they were they in Adventures of Link too, it. weren't they? Actually, I think. It's I, I don't Link's remember. Awakening, where saying, we Stephanie? have Goombas and Piranha Chain Chomps. And Chain Chomps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the Chain Chomps are here, too, so. One? Yeah, they actually, I think this is the first dungeon mm-hmm. that they show up They're in. They're in this dungeon. This is the first and only dungeon um, I think they show up in. Chain Chomps. I want to say that there's, that? like, one in the Ganon Tower, but I might be misremembering that. Oh, yeah, there are cane chomps here. How do I forget them? <laughs> I kind of always forget that they're here, and then when I run into them, I'm like, okay, so oh, they are a little bit annoying. <laughs> this dungeon requires a lot, a lot of maneuvering, and there is uh, a little, like, trap that gets introduced here with these eyes that shoot lasers at you, and there's the first room that you'll encounter. 
I think it's the first room you'll, you'll encounter them in. Um, you'll walk down, go get a treasure chest or something, and then come back up. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it's the only way out. And that eyeball will be there and just shoot with a laser. And I always forget that that goddamn thing is there and I'm getting hit with that laser. Yeah, I think I've actually gotten, I think I've gotten pretty good at remembering that it's there and Saul just like face down as I back out of the room. I think I usually just teleport to the beginning of it again. (laughs) The mirror in GTFO. Yeah, I just completely forget that it's there. And I'm like, oh, son of a Jason. God. It's like, as soon as I did it this time, I heard, like, for the, you know, the laser sound coming at you. I'm like, I'm about, yep, cool. Good job. You forgot all about that again, you dummy. It's like every fracking time I forget about it. So, um, really, I would say, like, outside of the annoying, you know, transportation pad things, like, I enjoy this dungeon a lot. It does a lot of cool things. Um, a lot of it is just like, you know, trying to figure out stuff. Uh, there's maneuvering puzzles with those like spike rolly things on top of the, uh, you know, the, the floor panels that go up and down the, uh, you know, not totally not orange <laughs> and the blue ones <laughs> trying to figure those out. I said, I enjoy like the parts of, of this dungeon like that. It's those stupid transport pads that it's just like it irritate. Them yeah. And well, it's really just mainly that one room. Like the yeah. the one where you have to hit the things to open the door, you just have to make sure you, like, you want to make sure you go a certain direction around it because then it's easier to get it and like half the time to get through the door. Um, but that one's like yeah. it can be a little frustrating if you just get your timing off or like kind of take the wrong direction around the path or whatever. But then the other one is just like, mm-hmm. oh, and it would be a lot better if it just wasn't dark. You could see better. Or you get to one of the areas where yeah, you need to change yeah. which direction you're going, and even though you're hitting the direction you need to go, it decides to not go that way. Yeah, yeah I hate it when it do does you guys, that. Do you, like, press the direction when you get to it, or do you hold it down before you get to it? Oh, I'm it down. I okay, yeah, because I was going to say, like, trying to time it would probably be almost impossible. Yeah. Because <laughs> I... Yeah, no, no, always, I'll, yeah, always have held it down. Yeah, different direction. Yeah. I don't think I've ever really had that issue, but yep. maybe it was, like, a buggy thing they fixed in the GBA. Like I, honestly that's the only way I've ever played it because I I, played it I bought it, but then I then on the uh Super Nintendo. It's happened to me on the GBA. Okay. Yeah, because I was saying Okay. See I've only I've only played the GBA one maybe twice in the Super Nintendo version, either on like virtual console, um on my Super Nintendo or well the yeah, virtual console basically. Um that's always been the way I played it and it's uh, it, it's happened to me constantly. Like, it happened to me this last time too. I'm sitting there pressing and holding up, and it goes like it just decides to go left. I'm like, what, 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 why, 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 why? <laughs> Not even close. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, um, this is the first boss where it can kind of like really screw you if you haven't gotten the thing that the the ice rod. Um, like I said, it, it, it's sort of like never really telegraphed that you have to have the ice rod. Um, like you mentioned that the thief or whatever would say that oh there's an item over there but it doesn't really tell you that it's necessary and this is like the one instance of this game where it doesn't do a, a good job of telegraphing that you have to have something because say you miss that and then you end up at this boss that means you have to go through Turtle Mountain again and that sucks. Do you know why it's called Trinex? Because it has because it has three necks. <laughs> Sorry I don't know and it's just it's one of those like kind of inside jokes of my friends where we always ask each other that to be like, hey, you know why it's called that? Did did you did you know did you know in uh, in Japan it's called the Famicom and not the NES? <laughs> and 
totally to be like, you know, family computer. Wait, that's what that means? And no. in Europe, it's called the Mega Drive. And in Japan, it's called the Mega Drive. It's only in America that it's called the Genesis. Actually, that's I one. I, one. I didn't know that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, sorry, guys. I, I never owned a Genesis. I never cared, so. Yeah, I was never a big Sega person. Oh. I think we had we had something Sega. I had, we had so few games for it. I never played it. I had a Dreamcast when it was discovered that there was absolutely no piracy protection on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. I think everybody had a Dreamcast when that happened. This boss is like, yeah, uh, the the fire head you need to hit with the ice rod, which I said you could really screw yourself out of if you don't have that thing, because there is no way to kill this thing otherwise. You know, I, w- I would love if on the, the ice head you could actually use the lantern. That would like, be interesting. I would love to be able to use the lantern, because it uses so little magic power that it's just like, well, I just need to do that to hit this stupid thing, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, after you do that, it turns into basically a snake, and you have to hit its middle section, so it's kind of a in the ass there so uh this is one where i didn't have a hard time like it wasn't like difficult but i would end up like missing its middle section uh some about you know a third of the time i swung at it i'd end up like hitting something and just kind of bounce me back a little further i'm like oh come on jason really uh so yeah luckily it isn't too hard to dodge the getting hit yeah but yeah it can just be a little frustrating if you just keep missing and you're like freaking ah. <laughs> Like, you should be dead already. Why can't I freaking hit you? It's like, I've killed everything else in my path at this point. Why don't you just die? Or, I don't know, leave. You can just leave. I'll spare you because you're gonna die. It's like, I've got four bottles of fairies here. You're screwed. Oh, my God. How did I never link that those assholes are Lynels and the Lynels in Breath of the Wild are also the same assholes? <laughs> oh, the- <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting ahead of us. I just... One to the yeah. only just like, yeah. well yeah i mean yeah so this is uh th- that was the last that was the last of the dungeon dungeons you needed to be you know we, we didn't really talk about getting the crystals or the maidens out of them after each dungeon and how much of like an expository dump there is after each one i remember enjoying i i remember enjoying these as a kid but man as as an adult like i'm, I'm kind of mashing on the uh, mashing on the button to get through it as fast as i possibly can same here yeah. <laughs> Until you get to the May the Way of the Triforce or the Way of the hey, May the, the Way of the Hero, hero. Way to the Triforce. Lead to the Triforce. <laughs> yeah. What? Something like that. Some juxtaposition of those words. And, and you got the words right. Every time I play through the game, you're gonna see like a tweet or Facebook post or both saying May the Way of the Hero lead to the Triforce. <laughs> as soon as I rescue the first maiden. <laughs> I think I, I I think I'm just gonna tweet uh, to you now, Stephanie. Uh, may, may the Way of the Triforce lead to the Hero. <laughs> <laughs> A little inside joke here. Uh, yeah, oh, but um, I'm actually with Stephanie on that. I did not connect the Lionel thing until I popped in Link to the Past again, like, you know, last fall or something like that, just to play through it again. That was like, wait a second. Yeah. 
These a-holes are the freaking a-holes from the other one. (laughs) I haven't played it since Breath of the Wild came out, so I just, I totally didn't make that connection at all. I remember how much of a pain in the ass they were in the original Legend of Zelda. That was sort of where I, I I guess I never really made the connection there until this latest playthrough, but it's kind of same. It's because I haven't played A Link to the Past since before, before Breath of the Wild came out. And, you know, making that connection, like, when it's like, oh, okay, those are those guys, too. And, and But the ultimate version of asshole for me in them is in the original Legend of Zelda. It's just like, oh, I hate those guys so goddamn much. <laughs> yeah, but what's cool is with both of them is, like, once you get all your crap upgraded, like, you can actually, you know, when you have the level four sword, you can mow through these guys pretty well. Once you get used to their attack patterns and have good weapons in Breath of the Wild, you can just, like murder the heck out of them and then you're like i have the power (laughs) i'm pretty sure i had more difficulty with the first lionel i went up against than i did uh with ganon in breath of the wild that's yeah you know i I, i'm gonna say that's probably not saying much that ganon fight was a little a little bit of a pushover but was really uh uh, anticlimactic i think yeah yeah well i think especially if you did play through like all all the dungeons and everything then you get to them and you're like okay i've like mastered all the controls yeah and like take out the uh robot dudes that i can't remember the name of suddenly guardians the guardians yeah Yeah. like if you can take them out real easy ganon's a freaking chump change fight yeah yeah had I actually gone to Ganon that time I Leroy Jenkins in, I probably would have had a more enjoyable time dying than I did actually. <laughs> Speaking of Ganon, we're at Ganon's Tower now. Yay. How's, that? How's that for a segue, huh? <laughs> um, anyway, um, this, this, I mean, I guess it should be the best designed as far as that goes, but like, I love this dungeon because it just uses everything that you've learned up until now and really puts you to the test with your thinking of like how to, how to navigate. And that's what it should do. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many, how many games don't do that. Get to the final dungeon and then you're just like, Oh, I just used the bow. (laughs) I mean, mean, not even, not even just like using the items. It's, it's a matter of like all the things you've learned, like how the puzzles work and what you need to do. Like the game has done such a like marvelous job of, like teaching you all this stuff and then really puts you to the test on this one. And I love, love, love the implementation of this. Like this is probably my favorite dungeon in maybe all of the Zelda games. I just love how like smartly designed this thing is. Yeah. It's a great dungeon. It really is. But the main thing I don't like is, uh, having to fight Moldorm again. <laughs> yeah. I will say that was kind of the one thing I was like, Oh God, this bastard again. And you know, what's funny. Um, I got to him and, I beat him the first try. Nope, no issue. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the hell? Where am I supposed to be going? And so I go to the right and go down the stairs. And I'm like, okay, why? There's nothing down here. Why am I? And so I go back up and it respawns. I'm like, oh, that's right. There's a treasure chest that spawns when you beat it uh, just south of where you are. And you use the hookshot to cross. And I just completely missed it and forgot it was there. And I was like, oh, God, are you kidding me? I got to fight this stupid thing <laughs> Yeah, I felt. Did I felt like unspawn a... the uh, unspawn the treasure chest. Yep. Oh, ouch. Yeah, I felt. I felt. I felt real dumb. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, wow. actually, my most recent playthrough, I did that with one of the bosses. Like, I forgot to go into the room and like grab a key or whatever, and then I was like, oh, freaking, did I really just do that? Like, as soon as I walked out of the room, because then it, like you know the door shuts behind you, I'm like, freak. 
Ah! Yep. <laughs> so I had to go back through like all those rooms to fight that boss again. Just uh, felt so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, one one thing we didn't talk about either is um, the like the invisible uh, floors. Normally, you need um, like to light up a lantern or whatever, and it'll it'll let you see the path. But if you use the uh, what is it, the ether? ether? Yeah, the ether one. It'll it'll light up the path very briefly for you. It'll kind of yeah, give you a I good indication. Yeah, I just noticed that from this walkthrough that we're going through. I always used the cane and would just push the the blocks along it until they fell, and then I'd just turn around <laughs> That's and funny. shoot it again somewhere else. I don't know if I ever <laughs> thought of that. Yeah, that was that that was a trick I used a little earlier in this dungeon. I think it is that I would do that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was earlier in this dungeon that I would do that. And then um, when you get to the whiz robes, I would just use the ether thing real quick to see where the floor is, and then just just like okay, it's like I've got an idea where where this thing is. Yeah. Like I'll be fine. Yeah, that's actually what's funny is with that uh, the room with the whiz robes. I actually I just like have it memorized and I don't fall anymore because yeah, it's like it's a pretty I've... simple thing for that room, but just for some reason I've got that room memorized. Yeah. <laughs> see, yeah, I know half of it exact myself. Yeah, I think I do too. I just I always go with the sword. Like I, I look at the the one on the far right. Like oh okay, you just you can use a bow and arrow on that thing. It'd be fine. But I, in my head, I'm like always like save your arrow, save your arrow, save your arrow. I've just kind of always been like that. You know, like you get to the end of a Final Fantasy game and you have like you know like every every like item that you could possibly need. Like you have 14 mega elixirs and you're like, well, I should save it. I'm like, you're the last boss, stupid. Why are you saving it? Just yeah, and, it. Like, and you've beaten it before and you know it's the last boss. Uh-huh. Yep, but you're but... still like, oh, I might still need it after this. Yep, but I'll save it. So so after this, like I said, this 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 excellent dungeon, um, you end up uh, fighting uh, Ognim again, except this time he's got uh, basically there's three of him. Two of them are, uh, you know, transparent and very obviously not him. Uh but all three of them will shoot those little, like, comet fireball things at you. Uh, there, There's kind of an easy way to, like, get him, like, to lure him into certain areas. So it's not really having to worry about him, like, actually, like, hitting you. But, it, it, I don't know, like, I, I forget what the baiting method is. And I, I, I couldn't figure, like, I couldn't remember it for the life of me. But there's a way to, like, make him, like, go where... The main one will be right up front, and the other two will be right behind him, like, every single time. And I don't remember the method to it at all. But uh, this boss, it's not particularly difficult either, unfortunately. So, Yeah, like, I don't uh, usually have much trouble with it. Yeah, Ognim's really surprisingly not much, or he's kind of a pushover, surprisingly. It's like, oh, okay, well, that was sort of anticlimactic there. It's like, oh, it's just three of you now instead of just one of you, and... I'm, you know, four times as strong as I was before. So, okay, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I still got the bug catching it, bitch. So. He's like, no, not the net. <laughs> the one thing. It's like the sword of the sword of evil's bane. Nothing has nothing on me. All right, and after you destroy Ognim with the uh, bug catching net, totally not the master sword. Uh, Ganon, ghost. Something pops out of pops out of him, like his bat form, because he's a vampire or something. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like he's already been transformed into a pig, and then he transforms into a bat. So I don't know. Goes flying to the uh, to the or to, you know the Great Pyramid or Golden Pyramid or whatever it's called. I don't know. Um, and busts through the top of it, and then surprisingly, you use the flute, and the your your duck shows up. Your duck buddy shows up. 
I, I think because you freed the ma- like I think this is like a fan theory kind of thing where it's like you freed all the maidens and so the barrier between worlds is starting to break down or something and so the duck's able to come through. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. or something like that. Like oh, okay. I don't I don't think this is anything official that's in documentation for the game or something. But... Uh, come on, come on. The Hyrule Historia <laughs> timeline is barely official and Nintendo put that out. So, anyway, uh so this I will lead us oh. the hole that he leaves in the top of this tower though looks more like a cocoa than a uh than a bat. I, I always oh, thought does. it kind of looks like a chicken. Well, I mean, That's he looks call. like a bat. Like, he turns into a bat, and then he leaves a cuckoo. I don't... Yeah. I don't... I pronounce yeah. it differently sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because if you look, it's got the two little legs on the bottom there, so it totally looks yeah. like one. It's totally That's funny. a cuckoo, not a bat. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to see that forever now i never saw it before but Good. that's yeah <laughs> so here i am i'm sitting here seeing a chicken in a house but it's actually death mountain in a bat <laughs> you know what i i i'm i'm with i'm with you on one of two of those so <laughs> i always saw the chicken i was like why, why did well, Ganon bust through as a bat and hey, make a chicken hole uh, I'll, I'll give you the the house thing because there's like this little tiny dot in the middle of it looks like a, a lights on in the house. Exactly. Like, so I'll give it to you. I see it now. I didn't see it before, but like, I'll give it to you. That's supposed That's to be the bridge. Yeah. But then one day I was, a, I, I don't know. I might've been in my twenties even, um, but kind I was playing it, it on GBA once and I was like, yeah, the bridge. <laughs> All right. Well, this leads to the Ganon fight. And if you haven't gotten the silver arrows by now, you're screwed. So, Yeah. Um, yep. One thing that's funny is now I because after seeing this video, I always like picture this when looking at the room is the uh, have you seen the like if the portal gun was in Link to the Past <laughs> video? <laughs> Freaking love that. No, I haven't I seen it. Didn't. Exactly what you're uh, so like Link, uh, he uses the portal gun. He like, does different things, and then he like put leaves one somewhere, and then he comes here, and then puts another one in on the wall, and then a bunch of the chickens come in and Ganon hits them and then the chickens just murder him. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that's, a, spo- I mean, it spoils the video, but it's still freaking hilarious to that's watch. All right. So it's like link with portal gun, something like that. You can find it real easy. Um, it's a, yeah, I think it's like, a, I think it's a dorkly one, but anyway, I think so. It's funny though. I'll look it up, put it in the show notes. So, all right. So this Ganon fight, um, you know, pretty simple. Like I, I, I I don't know if I had a problem with it when I was a kid, and I really didn't have a hard time with it this, this go-around. But again, this is, you know, having played this game through 20-something times, so... I usually seem to need, a, like, one potion. I don't know what it is. Like, I just can't avoid getting hit at certain points for some reason with I, this fight. I think God, the only time I got hit this go-around was when he stomps on the ground and, like, freezes you, and that one bat does the circle, basically. Like, I always get caught in that line of fire, but... Yeah, I think, actually, the most recent play, I think I... I think I used one just to be safe, but I wasn't that close to dying or anything. But yeah, like usually I, I don't know what it is. I just always seem to take a lot of damage in this fight. Yeah. <laughs> so you take out Ganon and get the Triforce and you make your wish and then everybody comes back to life basically. And uh, it, it really nice, like I, this may have been the first kind of like one of those video game endings that I ever saw where it brings you to um, like... Every every place you've been and sort of like goes through and like shows you like how the hat or you know how everything ends happily or whatever. Except in the desert where the vultures now rule. Yeah, and then those weird yellow guys in the sand that link between worlds made even creepier because they're they have like weird bodybuilder bodies underneath. <laughs> 
<laughs> so weird. Well, they've had nothing to do but bench press, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very interesting thing to see in Link Between Worlds, yeah. for sure. So. All right, guys. Well, that's been a link to the past. Um, I, like I said, for me, I mean, I just literally began in last night. Um, for me, again, this is one of the finest games ever made, and my favorite Zelda by by a country mile. I mean, uh, is there anything that, like, as you've gotten older, like, it's kind of stuck out for you a little bit more? Like, maybe like you weren't as impressed with it as you were as a kid, or any you know anything that's you've gotten older, you've kind of learned to appreciate more about it. Not that I can really think of. I mean, the exposition is button mash, button mash, button mash, button mash now. Whereas when I was a kid, I actually did more so take the time to read it. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, yeah, 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 I know the basic story. Get on with it. But this is a game where I I've just never not enjoyed it. Um, as I said earlier, there were plenty of times where... I can still distinctly remember, I think it was my either my freshman or sophomore year of college. I was sitting in the student union playing it on my GBA and I went, woohoo, I beat Gannon. And then as soon as the credits rolled, I immediately started a new game. And a few of my friends who were sitting with me at the table were just like, what the hell? You just finished it. Why are you doing it again? I'm like, because I can. It's awesome. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a great game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like there isn't really any particular thing that became more poignant or something over the years for me. But like the realization I had earlier with the armors where I'm like, wait, the bad guys are more difficult when you go from green to blue to red and your armor goes from green to blue to red. And I just never made the freaking connection for some reason I never did uh, before. And so it's like just little things will kind of pop out periodically that make me go, man, there's just so much little detail here or when you mentioned the guys falling, like, yeah, I've always noticed that, but when you described it, I'm like, oh yeah, they do kind of have a look of terror in their eyes as they're about to fall, and they're like, their feet are kicking, trying to like grab onto the ledge again, and you're like, and you just watch them die, and you're mm -hmm. like, that's actually pretty dark. <laughs> and yet we laugh at it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. One thing I thought was kind of interesting, though, is that when we first began talking and we mentioned uh, Skyward Sword, I made that rip, rip at it about how, yeah, you just keep playing the same area over and over. And technically, that's what they did here, where the light world and the dark world are almost the same. But they're so different, even though they're the same basic map. And I think that's a really awesome thing that they were able to um, reuse the same basic map while still creating such a different environment. Whereas in other Zelda games where they have implemented that, uh, they didn't do it anywhere near as, as well, which is one of the reasons why I thought Link Between Worlds was amazing. I was so worried when it was coming out because of the history that they've had since of reusing maps in not interesting ways. Um, yeah. And they dropped the hand-holding in that one, too. Like, yeah. that's one of the biggest things is just the, like we were talking about earlier, there's just no discovery of yeah, anything, because no, it's just... You had no guiding companion. Yeah, or, like, fee or fire or whatever. She's like, just a, just to recap, this is how you use dousing, and you're like, freaking A, I've done it a dozen times. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. You See, don't need to tell me how to use it every time I go to use it. See, that's, yeah. that's the thing that stuck out for me as I've gotten older with this game is that 
it does a really good job of giving you a nudge in the right direction without like holding your hand and taking you there. And that's or that's a design decision that's really it. good. Yeah, and you don't necessarily notice that it did it even because it they put it into natural elements of the game in like 99% of it. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, I freed a maiden. She's going to tell me some stuff. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Versus like walking down the road and she's like, by the way, it's been five minutes. Do you know you need to go over here? Yeah, you don't have contacting you telepathically every time you go the wrong direction. Because he could have easily been a guiding character a lot more than he was because he had that telepathic connection that even spanned into the Dark World. Yeah. yeah. And th there's a couple times in some of the Dark World dungeons where he'll tell you, like, hey, I recommend you have the, uh, you know, uh, medicine of magic on you if you don't have some. Just giving you an indication that you'll be using a lot of magic, but it doesn't tell you, it doesn't specifically tell you, like, hey, you're going to be doing this an awful lot, you know, like... And you don't even yeah. have to get that help. You have to make the decision to go to that block that allows him to communicate to you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that. like I said, it's... It, that that's something I've noticed as I've gotten older. Like as as a kid, I I didn't you know I wouldn't have appreciated because Nintendo's design decisions weren't that way. But you know as they got to that point of like hand holding a little bit harder, um, at, you know like the more recent years, going back to a link to the past and seeing the subtle ways they nudge you in the right direction, even knowing what I like you know knowing this game like the back of my hand like I do, like seeing like okay well this is how they nudged you this way without you realizing it it's like I, i've gotten the ability to see that now whereas before it was kind of like a oh okay so that's how that's what i'm supposed to do it's or like i said now you, you can see the steps basically it's kind of like working the maze backwards yeah yeah what's the oh, i can't think of what's uh sequelitis that uh ego raptor does um like that was awesome where he talks about you know, like some of those original Mega Man versus Mega Man X and things like that. And he does one with Zelda talking about a link to the past versus Ocarina of Time and how, yeah, like, you know, it's like here, the game just like shows you how to do this thing. Versus, and then you're like, oh, I guess I can, let me try that. Versus the, hey, you know, blah, 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 which, oh my gosh, Navi is not anywhere near as annoying now. <laughs> Yeah, she's, a, yeah. Like, like that meme is basically like gone now, in my opinion. Like I find it irrelevant because um, Midnight yeah. was a little bit more intrusive in some ways, um, and then Fear Five. Like I can't remember which way it's supposed to be, but um, she, like she's just so annoying that I just I never finished the game. Like yeah. that, that was honestly probably a big part of it. The areas could have been a little repetitive, but being just stopped and told stuff so much. I'm the only one here who actually finished Skyward Sword. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I probably I guess so. <laughs> uh, to be honest, um, Twilight Princess, I didn't finish for a long ass time because uh, the motion controls were so bad um, with that one. And uh, really, I never had an issue with them. You're probably right-handed. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm a lefty, and so I didn't have the the intuitiveness with my right hand to do some of the slashes the right way and if i tried using my left hand it was all backwards except it did, um, except it, it was or with Twilight prince it was just a flick of a wrist thing i've talked to a few other people who are lefties that tried okay. playing that one with motion control and it was terrible for oh, all okay. of us see um got one of the guys oh. i had uh, worked with the gamestop and uh we kind of started doing this podcast together like years ago um he he was a lefty too he didn't have any issues with it 
Yeah, all the ones I've talked huh. to have okay. had issues with it. And finally, my boyfriend, when he worked at a GameStop, um, he tracked down a GameCube version for me. Yeah. And finally played through it. And then when they re-released it on the Wii U, oh my god, that was a beautiful remaster. That yeah, they yeah. I was gonna say the GameCube, what the GameCube version was the way to play that until um, the Wii U version came out. So. Yeah. And it was I finally beat it thanks to no motion control, which is how Zelda should be. <laughs> yeah, that uh, uh, that does make me wonder how they're gonna like ever bring Skyward Sword forward because that is so heavily reliant on motion control. Whereas Twilight Princess, it was kind of tacked on. It is so easy for them to just turn it into different button controls. I don't know because uh, you got to think like some of those boss fights that rely on very specific movements with swords. With the sword, and that's one of the there was one of them, the uh, octopus dude. Um, I can't remember him exactly, but that was the one boss in that game I could not beat. Um, and it pissed me off so much because I knew how to beat him, but I just didn't have the dexterity with my right hand. And I was forcing myself to play Skyward Sword right-handed, actually. Um, but I eventually handed the controllers over to Tim, my boyfriend. I'm like, here's what you need to do. Do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly understandable. All right. Um, yeah. We should probably get off Skyward Sword here because uh, yeah, we, we, we need it. Yeah. We need to wrap up this podcast here because I, I, you know, I unfortunately have to get start getting ready for work here. So, but guys, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with me about probably one of my, or, yeah, not probably one of my favorite games. Uh, yes. it, it, it's, it's nice to get some different, uh, different voices on here. Rich, I know you've been on the podcast with us once before. Uh, but that was over a year ago, and we were talking about another Zelda game. And Stephanie, I really appreciate you coming on for the first time. Hopefully not the last time. Of course. I enjoy doing these things. All right. Uh, you guys got anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, you want to go first, Stephanie? I don't really have anything to plug. Okay. Okay. Well, you can find me on the YouTubes and the Twitters, uh, AMO387, AMO387. Um, I'll hopefully be putting more stuff out on YouTube soon. Uh, also Twitch. I'm hopefully going to be streaming more there as well. Just was sick recently and hadn't been feeling it for a while, but feeling more like it soon. Yeah. Hey, don't forget, <laughs> so, these, don't forget these podcasts are evergreen. I mean, people, people are still downloading some of the game clubs we did, uh, like two and a half years ago. So yeah. Yeah. And I have been on kind of a not so much doing a lot with a lot of my places that you can find me, but chances are, if you look for Alcrea, it'll probably be me. Uh, At the very least, I'll link your Twitter account in the, yeah. uh, in the social or in the, uh, in the show notes. So we'll have that at least. I'm Alcrea on Twitter. Uh, Lady Alcrea is Instagram and Twitch. Um, I can't even remember the last time I used my Twitch, though, so... It was like a few months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right, and as far as uh, social media stuff for the site goes, we'll have it all linked on the on the actual site. It's all in the upper right-hand corner, uh, thanks to Vanessa for that social... Or that uh, handy little social thing that I don't have to worry about plugging everything individually with. Um, and you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Jason Ariola. Um, as for the next game club, uh, I've got a special little treat because I talked about what might be my second favorite game at the moment, and it looks like the next one's going to be my uh, first favorite game, uh, Tactics Ogre, the PSP remake, and I'll be talking about that with a couple guys from RP Gamer. So uh, look for that. I don't know when I'm going to put this one up because uh, by the time you hear this, we'll have relaunched uh, the game club feed with its own separate feed, so this way it's not clogging up the main one. Uh, so by the time this one goes up, hopefully that one will only be a couple weeks away, if not, maybe coming out very shortly. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time. Adios. Peace out.